Yeah, Tuesday. And what else will we be talking about except the Philadelphia Eagles' demise, James Harden, and the pipe dream that continues to be. This feels like when LeBron James' son was visiting. If you're watching, then you can see on the stream, Harry has moved back a little bit. Below us, of course, Brady Bunch style with the three screens now zoomed out. You can see Super Bowl <laughs> champion, NBC Sports analyst Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays. Behind Harry is James Harden and me. And we're with you for the next two hours. We'll be joined by Sports Map Radio in six minutes. But we have two big things, I think, competing right now. One, the Mike Silver story that comes out mm-hmm. basically pegs Carson Wentz as a guy who does not have great practice habits and nobody is saying anything because they're too afraid to step up and say anything. And Doug Peterson is listening to too many voices in his head. Mm-hmm. So that's the one side. Well, the other side is people think that they're going to trade for James Harden and not have to give up either Ben Simmons or James or Joel Embiid. So, so you're telling me that I don't need to Photoshop on a Sixers Boathouse Row jersey onto my uh, James Harden right here, Aton? You're saying <laughs> that's a pipe dream that will never come true, and I'm just wasting my time. I missed that. Is it the jersey on Harden? No, no. it's not. I said, do, do, so uh, I shouldn't go through the trouble of Photoshopping it on. No, no, that's not a Photoshop below. That's a real dog in the picture. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I know that's a real dog. I'm not right. talking no, about she's, she's dog. a pain in the ass, man. I, I'm trying to do the show, and she scratched my leg. You know, she's about to start barking. I said, "Let me just pick you up, man." What that's kind of dog is it? It's, it's a, it's a. Um, it was a teacup poodle, but of course, she lives in my house, so she eats more than she's supposed to. So she turned into a toy poodle. Teacup. She's okay. only supposed to be less than six pounds, and she's right now eight pounds. So, so now she's a teapot poodle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Cup the pot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unbelievable. Aoki, tell him, get off you, Aoki. Tell him. We got to get the dogs together sometime, Aton. You know, I'm sure Ace would love to hang out with uh, a new friend. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't do well with the little ones. No. He's like Carson Wentz. He doesn't do well with with guys that are coming off the bench. (laughs) Small. No, no. That's the problem is, yeah, you would need like, a lot of space. That's mm-hmm. all, a lot of space. Well, yeah, we, we've got all kinds of problems here with this Eagle situation, guys. I mean, we start, you start reading these quotes and you sort of, you know, we do what we do and say, well, what's the motivation behind, you know, what the coach just said or what, you know, Mike Silver, you know, his sources apparently inside the locker room where the organization are saying. Doug Peterson was asked about his play calling yesterday and he felt that he was in good rhythm with the game. So in other words, that's, I look at that as like a chip Kelly type of thing. Like, Hey, I dialed up the right plays. They just weren't executed basically by my quarterback and the offensive line or whoever else. And he's not taking any of the ownership on himself for that disaster that ensued on Sunday in North Jersey. I'd say there's plenty of blame to go around. I keep telling people, you know, it's hard for me to, to, to sit back and say, all right, um, I can't blame it just on one person because there's enough blame to go around, just like I just said. But I was looking it up, just you know, looking at the film last night. I was, you know, sending you a couple of clips, um, Harry, and uh, mm-hmm. and as as I'm going through it, man, I see a lot of plays, like even the Alshon play where I showed you, um, Kelsey got pushed back into the middle, and you know, you you see uh, Iopati, well, not Iopati, but right. um, whatever his name is, Opeta, 
Opeda. Yeah, no, he I love be. whatever his name is. I yeah, he that. shouldn't be out there anyways. Opeda, like know. a Russo bit. Ah, right. ah. <laughs> but Opeda's out there. So I look at it. And I'm breaking it down, and I'm looking at Carson. I'm like, why isn't Carson stepping through with it? And I was like, oh, okay, that's because Kelsey's getting his ass kicked. Opeda's getting thrown on his ass. Right. I'm like, that's what's going on. I mean, he's he can't step up to throw the ball. That's why the ball is sailing because he can't drive his hip through because he's got Kelsey sitting in his lap and you got Opeda sitting on the ground like he's a turtle with his legs sticking up in the air mm -hmm. and 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 his defenders coming to hit him in the face also. So I mean, I see that and I'm like, all right, Doug called the play. Alshon, everybody's yelling at Alshon because he didn't do anything in the game. But I'm looking, he's open on a play going across the field. He's open. I'm looking at Carson. I can't blame Carson because. He's got Kelsey in his lap. He got Opeta sitting on the ground. I'm like, well, the play is doomed because, I mean, it, it probably was a right call or a good call, mm -hmm. but everybody's getting their ass kicked. Yeah, so but I'm like, it takes him three quarters, technically three and a third quarters, to move the quarterback out of the pocket. Out of that, yes. Yeah. And he's continuing to call plays with the assumption that the guys that you just correctly blasted are going to just – Magically get it one play. Like right. it's, not, it's, not, it's not like a blast to block. Yeah. <laughs> but and look, he doesn't, he doesn't but Peterson doesn't budge. Well, that's the problem. So at that point, yes, that might have been a great call play for that point. It's early in the game. Mm -hmm. But poor execution. They're like, you have 11 guys in concert out there on the field at one time. And if all 11 guys don't do their job, one or two could be a disaster. And the play won't work. And I think everybody's taking their turn. Sometimes two and three guys not taking their turn to do good on a play, and it's, it's not working out. All right, here we go. This is a Gao Media property in partnership with Jacob Media. And you, my friend, are caught in the middle. The middle starts now, starts now on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket Can. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. We had a football game last night. Not sure how many people were dialed into that, but the. Was it really football? It was. If you bet on it, it sure as hell was. I know for me, I was watching it. Every single second counted when you're live betting unders, Harry. Mm -hmm. All right. Every single point piled up. And no, it wasn't great football by any means. But well, no, no, no. You can't see. I try, I'm trying to school you guys. We're going to have was, an argument today. It was great football. What? I mean, defensively, man. I'm talking about defensively. It was it was great watches, even even part of the defense of, a, of the of the Bears. You got Jackson, the safety. He's running around making plays. Man, this guy is everywhere on the field. Raycron Smith, I'm like, why didn't we draft him? He was one-on-one -on -one against, you know, one of the best backs in the league the majority of the day, and he was winning. Yeah. It, it wasn't until, like, the second half that, you know, you, you saw uh, him start making some things happen. But Well, we could go through the why didn't we draft him stuff, you know, until sure. the cows come home. I mean, there was a wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings that was on the board, too. Oh, my you God. Know, but we won't even get into that. But I want to know, was it we, – we might need a poll question, Aton. Was it great defense or was it inept offense? Because the last time I've seen those two quarterbacks play, they both stink. It was terrible. <laughs> Nick Bowles was – and look, he's okay – He's going to be able to walk. I know that there was a lot of concern because he was carted off the field at the end of the game before UT's finest Tyler Bray stepped in to lead nothing. Was that that was horrid? That, wow. that was rough. But 
Foles. Tyler Bray got a sniff? Yeah, he's the third-string quarterback. Oh, boy. I thought they should have just gone with Patterson the whole time. But here's the thing. They didn't get it. Like, Barrett's boy, David Montgomery, didn't do squat. Nick Foles' offense. I mean, the guy threw for 104 yards before he was carted off with three or like two minutes left, under two minutes left in the game. This was terrible. Minnesota's defense can't be that good. Right. And they're not that good. I'm, Nick I'm, Foles I'm set the game back last. <laughs> as much as, as we have been lambasted, rightfully so, because of our quarterback here, we'll break for three. We'll be back on Sports Map Radio. It's the middle, phillyvoice.com slash the middle and Sports Map Radio. Javier's auto body. Whoops. So I can't do it. I can't do it, man. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Trying Nick to, you know, terrible last night. Yeah, I can't even terrible. point it in that right direction. I'm trying to really because defensively, I, I love the way those guys are running around. I mean, the matchups, the individual matchups they had. You know, it, wow. it, it was it was great for all that aspect aspect of it, man. I mean, twenty six. I mean, Raquan Smith. Yeah, Raquan Smith. Smith is a good player. He's yeah, him player. and Dalvin Dalvin Cook had. You know, they were they were going tit for tat. It was it was it was a great chess match until the end of the game. Yeah. But I'm looking like. What can I get some type of offense? I mean, there was none there, yeah. none there. He Justin Jefferson pissed me off, bro. I mean, over 100 yards, yeah. he was catching everything, man. I had a pass for uh, Thielen, two touchdowns plus 110 receiving yards was 2,500. Well, you got your two touchdowns, I know. And I think I thought that would be the hardest part is getting yeah. two touchdowns, but as soon as Jefferson was coming off, I mean. That's the thing. Cousins threw for 300 yards. It wasn't a bad day on, on their offense. Right. Cook just didn't go for 250. How about Nick Foles? 106 yards in 26 attempts. It was it was so bad. Some of these plays were so bad, man. So difficult to watch. He was running for his life, man. I mean, running literally for his life. I'm looking at, you know, they had guys looking like they were all world out there rushing the passer. Did you see the story about Antonio Brown? He got in trouble again. Yeah, he destroyed a camera, security camera in his uh, in his neighborhood or something. Yeah, what criminal mischief earlier this month reportedly smashed a surveillance camera through his bicycle at a security guard. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> According to the Hollywood Police Department, Neighborhood yeah. Homeowners Association president declined to press charges, fearing Brown quote may retaliate against her employees. Yeah, it's Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Come on, man. Wow. That's where they are. They're living now. That's ridiculous, man. Come on, man. Just chill out, man. No, actually, that, that's Hollywood. That's not Tampa. No, that's on the East Coast, yeah, Hollywood, yeah, that's Florida. Like Miami. Yeah, that's where his house is. Right, right. But so he's staying with Brady now. He must have went back and tried to cause some <laughs> That's cause some No, that's he said. They said earlier this month, wasn't it? They said earlier this month. He was home earlier this month. Yeah, that's what Maybe it was before he got to the Buccaneers. Yeah, it was before he got there. He's just been there a week and a half. Is that all? Two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. Yeah. McMullen? All right, we have a poll up. Oh, you put the poll up? No, I didn't. I think Xander probably did. 
Yeah. Let me tell you something here. Let me tell you something. This is The Middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Yeah, I told Matt Nagy on Twitter, nobody was listening to me, that he should have just opened up the press conference and said, did you guys hear about this James Harden thing? <laughs> nice subterfuge. It, it would have been much, honestly, just derail immediately and go into other stuff. Right. If it wasn't for that Nick Foles injury, I think it would have been much worse. But here's – all right, so here's the thing. The Vikings, laugh all you want, but the Vikings right now have a pretty easy schedule and a pretty easy path. Detroit's out of it. We know they're out of it. They're always out of it. Chicago has just been knocked out of it with their, what, fourth straight loss right now. They stink. Their quarterback play is at a high school level. In yeah. fact, Tyler Bray might actually be better – than both of the guys already now that have had a shot. I don't think so. Uh, honestly, Harry, you know, you get, give that kid a week. <laughs> yeah, give him a week. Oh, yeah, give him a week of practice, right? right, right, right. Yeah, okay. So let me just run through. Like, think about this. You know that Green Bay is going to be hovering right there atop this division. They're mm -hmm. probably not going to give up their division lead. But we also have a wild card spot, third one at least, that's going to be open. And now Minnesota – especially if their defense can hold. They're four and five right now, three and one in division, and including, mind you, that win over Green Bay. But here's the thing. Dallas, Carolina at home, mm -hmm. Jacksonville at Tampa, home against Chicago, at New Orleans, at Detroit. Now, two teams jump out at Tampa, at New Orleans. Correct. Clearly, but everything else right there of the seven games that they have, you could easily see a five and two run which would then put them at nine and seven. Oh, that's a that's a playoff lock, right? In this season, <laughs> I mean, and and, and I mean, that wins the NFC East by four games. Oh, <laughs> but you hear what? Look, that's what I'm saying. Do you hear how people you know talk about how bad Minnesota is? But they probably will have twice what what you know anybody in our division has twice. In fact, you could probably add up all the wins in the division, and we won't still have more than Minnesota. Well, they, that's not bad. It is. They they lost to a couple of, of teams early on that we didn't know what to think of. They right. lost to Indy, they lost to Tennessee, and, and people were like, Oh man, now th this Minnesota team, like they started 0 3. They started 0 3. What can you say? Right? They started 0 3. They lost to Green Bay and two other teams that we we thought at least were going to be playoff teams. And now it's just like, man, this team's gonna stink. But then Barrett, they turn around and they get three straight after the bye, and they haven't done anything yet. They're four and five, yeah. but you can see they're playing a different type of football than an 0-3 team by a mile, and Cook is a huge part of it. Well, that's it. All right. If you can run the ball, run the ball. If you got a good back back there, run them, use them. How about we have a good back? Run them, use them. I don't care if he gets hurt. I mean, I'm not saying, like, you know, I don't care if he gets hurt. But you never know. Don't play cautiously because you think a guy might get hurt. Use him for what you can use him for. Let him earn his money. What are you doing? That's the dog. <laughs> right. In case people listening on SportsMap Radio are thinking Harry was messing around and Barrett was just like, why are you doing that while I'm making this great point? <laughs> no, I was not interrupting Barrett's great point. Okay. Ioki was uh, – Ioki was scratching. 
Now, no. did you see the internet rumor about Jimmy Butler might be dating Selena Gomez? We might have to get to that at some point. Wait a second. No, I did not see that. Yeah, it's from the Bro Bible, not the oh. Bro or the Bros Bible. Right. But the Bro Bible. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. No, wow. I'm just making sure. If you haven't seen it, we'll get to that. All right, we'll get to that. Last night, we can just we can slam the gate now on that week in the NFL. And beyond the Vikings, who now become a sneaky play to make the playoffs, the other thing is Monday night football. Remember what Thursday night football was about like eight or nine years ago, where it was kind of like a throwaway prime time. Well, it, was, it was more recent than that. It was, was a throwaway. It? Oh, yeah, like maybe three years ago. Okay, that's, right. that's fine. Yeah. Okay. It's, just, it's just gotten better in the last couple, two years or so. Well, Okay, and to be yeah. fair, in the last two or three years, it's it's become so, like solid number two in rating mm-hmm. behind Sunday night, and I think that reflects where I was going with this too, with Monday night dropping. But it's wild how Monday night football has become what Thursday night was, where it's just there. It's right. kind of just there to end the week. Thursday mm-hmm. night football has become this amazing event to open up the week now. And Monday night is almost like a throwaway. It is. It's not, it's a throwaway, and it's the get-out game, which it always used to be. But the get-out game used to be also entertaining and between two football teams that you really wanted to watch. Now we rarely get that, A-Town. And it's, it's now just become a place for degenerates like you yeah. to sit there for four hours and suffer <laughs> through some awful football so you can win some over-under. Hey, look. Live under hit the Kirk Cousins even money for an interception. Right. The Bears defense slash special team scoring a touchdown, even from a fantasy standpoint, because I yeah. play all my guys on Sunday in these leagues that are Thursday through Monday. So I'm watching people struggle and never make it really to the top. So, you know, did okay in, in the fantasy world as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, I did see the highlight of that Cordero Patterson, man, with the second half kickoff. Why would they kick it to him? That guy is absolutely electrifying. Right. Man. Don't kick it to uh, – oh, they kicked it to him. And it's ironic that they had, you know, the best kickoff guy years ago in Hester. Remember him? I mean, that right. guy was unbelievable. He could it's do almost, anything, man. Hester, you're right. Played D, right? Didn't he also play a little offense? He played wide. He got. He's. He yeah. was. A, he was in Miami. He was a corner. Right. Then he's mm-hmm. moved solely to a kickoff returner. And then it's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta justify giving him all this money that we get him on his contract. We're gonna put him a receiver. He couldn't catch. I don't understand. He couldn't catch and run routes. But they put him out there. They just wanted to get the ball in his hands, man. But you know. But I'm gonna say this. Do you think it was more so the announcer, the broadcaster? What's brought people to watch Monday Night Football? Because back in the day, I mean, you got Hank Williams, yeah, you know, Hank Williams Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, are you ready? Man, football, <laughs> Monday Night Football was all that when I was playing. I mean, all that. I mean, you want well, to play on Monday year, Night. So who were the announcers when you were playing? Oh, man, I forget. It wasn't uh, Deerdorf and those guys. It was probably Al Michaels. Might have been Theisman. Al Michaels. It was uh, Al Michaels. Was, um, was Madden there for a little bit? No, no not on Monday. What what would you say? Like what what was year three for you in the league? That's year like, three was seven, two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay, yeah. so that's a little more recent still, right? But it was great. It was great football back then. You wanted to be on. In fact, there wasn't Thursday night football back then. I mean, that's that's oh, just like really had. just came around. Mike, oh, this is like this is a bad beat for you, brother. 
You had Mike Tarico, Tony Kornheiser, Jaws, Susie Colbert, Michelle Tafoya. You had Kornheiser in there. Oh wow. <laughs> not, not that was in ninety was it that was ninety seven? No, that's 2007. You said 97? Yeah, I'm talking 97. Yeah, 97 was your, his. Oh, I thought you said third yeah. year. I thought yeah. you said 07. No, no, no. Yeah, that, like, and that's when it started going. That's how. That's when it started going. Oh, yeah, you, you, there. Had, you had the crew. You had Michaels, Gifford, Deerdorf, Leslie Visser. Oh, yeah. okay. Boomer was in the booth following that year in for, well, I guess Frank Gifford was out. Boomer was in. Asias right. was in. So you got, for the most part, you even had a little Lynn Swan on the sidelines in 96. Yep, yep, yep. So, I mean, it, it's, it was great football back then. You wanted to play on Monday night. I mean, everybody looked on. Even players watched Monday night football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then they had that it. one year where they got rid of Deerdorf, And uh, then the next year they brought in Dan Fouts, Dennis Miller. And That's then right. They, remember that? <laughs> Yeah. Dennis Miller. That, yeah, that didn't yeah. last two. That lasted two years. That was uncomfortable. Yeah, Madden was on Monday Night Football, according to this. Well, that's not, what I thought. Not the time though that Barrett was playing. That's yeah, o two, o three, o four, o five, according really? to what I'm looking at here. O two, o three, o four. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's see, that's what I'm saying. You wanted to play on Monday Night. Now, now oh. I mean, you've been trying to find a, 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 and you know what? I'm gonna tell you, I like, I like the mixture that they have. Uh, um. On Monday night, the announcers they have now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're pretty they good. They don't do a bad job. I, I got yeah, no issue. Yeah. I I know everybody wanted to jump on the the previous crew, Tessator and Witten. Witten yeah. was awful. He had no business being in the booth. And went back about two more years. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> no, and, and Tessator is a college guy. He has right. that enthusiasm that that's better suited for the college game. Um, but other than that, a good announcer. What's that? He was not a good announcer. He was atrocious for football in, in the pro setting. It should never be around again. I agree. Like that was the one and done. He only got one shot. Do not. What is the whatever the lyrics say? Right. <laughs> yeah. about, Get it right the first time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You talk about lose yourself by uh, yeah, uh, Eminem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that only had one shot. He threw up all over himself. Yeah. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, do you remember that Lisa Guerrero, the sideline reporter that was there for a year? Yeah, she went to Fox. I thought. Right? Did she? I believe so. I yeah. need a where are they now for Lisa Guerrero. That was 03. Well, I, I think Barrett's onto something, though, about now. Thursday night is essentially the, the Fox game of the week crew. So if you're on Thursday night, now you probably don't want to play Thursday night anyway. It's a short week. Mm-hmm. So they've now made it more entertaining from a fan perspective because you get Aikman and Buck or you get yeah. Nance and Romo, right? So you're going to get a big crew no matter who carries the game. But Monday night, it's no real knock on the Monday night crew, but they, they don't, they don't do anything. And and the Monday night, like nobody could make that game exciting. Alex Trebek could not make that game exciting last night. Well, nobody uh, well, I'm asking you this. When did Thursday night start really being a thing? When did, when did they first start with Thursday night football? Well, it was a throwaway and Harry said, you know, last three, three years. So up until the last three, maybe four at most years, you've had this kind of be like a, well, who are the worst teams in the NFL? Like the Jets would take on the Chargers, and that would be a Thursday night game, and they would appease them getting a, a primetime game. Like, yeah, see, everybody's in prime time. Right. Even though it would be right. like a throwaway Thursday. Now I feel Monday is that game. Well, you know, they well, had the, 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 the 
the color, what were they? The color, uh, those, those, those new jerseys. Color rush. The yeah, color rush. Jerseys. Yeah, they're trying to hype it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this Thursday me. night game, I thought, you know, that that's what exactly what it was. You know, Thursday night, you know, players be pissed off they're playing on Thursday night, you know. But now, I mean, it's become a big type of thing now. Because I think it's all about the announcers, how they how they give you that product. You know, they can make, you know, lemons lemonade. Yeah. Last night, I you weren't going to be able to make much out of that drink. No. All right. But well, we got a good one Thursday night to look forward to in just a couple do. of days. And we can now officially turn the page. I don't know if Harry has any thoughts on some action tonight, but we'll we'll <laughs> no. comb the desert when it comes to what to expect in college. I'm told by Ron Culver, who is our producer on Sports Map Radio, of course, running the show, running the ship back in Houston, that coming up he has two cuts from Kirk Cousins singing. And we'll run a little cousin. Oh, that's the worst, man. Is this from last night? I, no. I'm not sure where it's from. I haven't heard it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Barrett apparently has. Yeah. We'll play better quarterback or singer. And it sounds like it's going to be close. Definitely close. You're listening to the middle. You're watching the middle. Phillyvoice.com slash the middle is how you watch. And you can listen, of course, across all sports map radio platforms. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is, number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. Is uh, is Cal listening on the stream? Yeah. Okay. Maybe he can uh, he could uh, respond and get back to me as to if we can get that freaking uh, air check. This woman keeps bu bugging me about it. Okay. For Westbrook. Yeah. Okay. I guess they want to give it to the client to make sure that we mentioned Crown Royal, Crown Royale enough, <laughs> which we did. Yeah, absolutely. Hell, they got a lot of play Over, out of that. Yeah, overload. Yeah. They should be paying us. Yeah, Patterson did play for uh, the Vikings. Yeah, he was with the Vikings. Was that his first team? I think that might have been his first team. Yeah, they I think it was the first yeah. team. Selena Gomez and Jimmy Butler. Yeah, no. Boy, you talk about – that's as Miami right. as it gets, Aton. Yeah. Isn't it? Yep. <laughs> How old is Selena Gomez now? Old enough <laughs> to date. Uh... Not Pedro Gomez. No, not Pedro. She's 28. Yeah, she's actually pretty old. Old. <laughs> no, I'm old. 
28. I mean, think about it. Where you were 28 years ago when she was born. You yeah. Much younger. I was in my prime. Asked him to buy in, and you've asked his. I'll tell you what. Twenty-eight years ago, I was in college, wasn't I? Let me see. Were you? I was no, in. High uh, I was in North Carolina. You are listening to the middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. All right, so Ron Culver has dug up some cuts from Kirk Cousins singing in high school. And it sounds like, Barrett, you've heard this already. Is that right? I heard it. I saw it. And I, that's why he's so damn soft. Wait a second. This is high school? High school. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, how old is he now? I don't know. Is, old is enough. The, is the age gap of how old he is to when he was in high school the length of Selena Gomez on this planet? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't think he's that old. Okay. He's not that old. Not yet. Got it. Okay. Now, the first cut is from a high school musical. The second cut is from his acapella group. Now, where did this come from? Was this underneath the bro Bible thing from Jimmy Butler? and? He's Selena? 32. 32 years old. Okay, so he's yeah. not too much older than Selena. Selena's right. 28. She's 28. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What? I understand. How is Jimmy getting brought in with 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 him? Hey Barrett, you got to stay with the program on, here. Man. We brought up Jimmy Butler dating yeah. Selena Gomez. We teased that. Yeah, I know, so- but. I'm trying to figure out. Well, how does how does he go to Jimmy Butler and 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 I mean how I mean how does Selena Gomez figure any type of way with 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 him? You're trying to figure out what Jimmy Butler Selena Gomez has to do with Kirk Cousins singing. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Right. Well, because I tried to figure out how old Cousins was in relative terms to how old Selena Gomez is, because we can all understand that. Right. You just got to understand how Aton's mind works, Barry. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm- well, look, from Gomez, it's a natural progression to Jimmy Butler because they're allegedly dating or they right. went on one date. And I thought maybe the source of these clips came from the same place, the bro Bible, that the Jimmy Butler, <laughs> Selena Gomez. I don't know why. I, I just I think it's hilarious, that name. All right. So Ron, I didn't know the bro had a Bible. I thought he was an atheist. Me too. Me yeah. too. And here <laughs> they are. Jimmy Butler. Content. How old is Jimmy Butler? Thir- uh, Jimmy Butler's probably about 30, 31, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, I would think yeah. so. No, he's a little older than that. I is think. he older than that? Yeah, okay, so let's listen. 31, he's 31. Okay. He's 28, right, so this he's 31. Is from, you said relevant. one is from the musical, right? This, the first one I'm going to play, it's, it's really quick, but it's from, uh, he was in, uh, he did musical theater. He did Oklahoma. You ready for it? Yeah. Please. Yes. Please. Yeah. Not oh, what a beautiful day. All right, that, that wasn't Wait, that's right. it. It's probably oh, yeah. better than something I could do, but it was you want some more of that? Well, yeah, I need it. I need oh what a beautiful morning or whatever. I need the whole thing. 
Well, you'll have to fill in the blanks, Harry. <laughs> was he a senior here? How uh, old was he? Sure. I don't know. Well, you know, sometimes, depending on where you go to school, they scare you into say that you can't just play sports to go to college. Right. So he was backdoored into doing a play. You got to be a more well-rounded student, Aton. Right. And you got to, right. you know, serve on this committee and do this kind of, you know, theater. You got to be in a band. You can't just be a jock. Ron, he's backdoored his way into victories. No, just, just know that this next cut, well, the, this is why I'm saying, yeah, I don't think he was backdoored in doing, to, uh, doing music theater because this next cut was with his acapella group. Oh, no. Yeah. He was part Mad of Harmony. Yeah. What, what was the acapella group's name from The Office? Mad Harmony from the, the commercial, Progressive. Is that what it was? Progressive? <laughs> Mad Harmony? That's pretty funny. No, that see, you guys didn't watch The Office, but Ed Helms had one. Um, here comes treble. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> I think. I, why, why do I think that was it? <laughs> Is that the acapella group that Kirk Cousins was in in high school? Here comes treble. It could have been. There's no name. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. I I'm all about that bass, Aton. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just this. I'm, I'm, every time I think of acapella, man, I think of Kaiser Soulsay, and and you know, what I'm saying that when he drops the cup, you know, the quartet. I mean, I don't know. That that's what? weird. Yeah, yeah okay. weird, weird. You, you, what's the what's um Kaiser Soulsay? What's that? What's that show? You're that's the usual suspect. Usual <laughs> suspect. All right, remember yeah. the usual suspect, and he gets talking about a quartet that sung, and you know, but he was actually reading the bottom of a cup, and that's where he got the name of it. Oh, but he okay. implement it into the story. I got I mean, you. So I'm thinking, I, I think weird, man. All right, and you get on me yeah. <laughs> to I got to be honest, I have a much easier time following Aton Barrett. <laughs> All right, let's listen to this other cousin's clip. Pretty woman walking down the street. Pretty woman, the kind of like to meet. Pretty woman. I don't believe you. You're not true. I said, "Whoa, pretty woman." That wasn't him. bad. He's well, singing a lead on that too. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Roy Orbison tune. Yeah, but that's that's the point. Is that these acapella groups? They always have to take it this extra level. Yeah, yeah. Like Roy Orbison oh. didn't like. He wasn't going up and down with his hands as he's singing it and emphatically going. I mean, just. <laughs> Just sing the damn song, all right? You cannot be a captain on the football team singing a cappella, man. Hey, man, it's a, it's a, I think he was broadening his horizons to get more women. Oh, I think man. that's what it was. Okay? See, the, I think I brought, being the, the star quarterback is enough, don't you think? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, I, when, you, when you brought that team up, I, I thought of American Pie. And the, the second one, when uh, the guy's on the uh, – he's one, he's one of those, um, those field hockey guys. <laughs> No, and he's true. trying to get the girl, so he goes to acapella. He's she's singing. Yeah. With the, uh, that's that, it, to me. That's what I thought when you know I saw that. Oh, and I'm yeah. with you on that one, Barry. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. <laughs> I'm trying to bring you guys into my world, uh, man. Dude, next time I see that stupid progressive commercial with that guy from Mad Harmony saying "Savings coming at you, savings coming at you," I'm going to be thinking of stupid Kirk Cousins in an acapella group. I'm telling you, there, there's a actual. It's here comes treble. 
That's right. That's the name. That's of, a great name. It's well, it's the name of the acapella group that Ed Helms' character was in in college at Cornell from The Office. Oh, it's hilarious because Come he's on, constantly singing acapella throughout. And it's it. I give Ed Helms credit. He really is hilarious with it. But there was a rival group, and it was it's an even better name, and I can't remember what it was. But there was a rival group that they had. As well. Now I'm just thinking of like famous, funny acapella names. There's also one, uh, the that, B Sharps. Now that's from The Simpsons. All right, I, I don't know. I'll think of it as well. But I can't think of I can't think of acapella. Just it, it takes me to another place, man. Acapella. It's, I just don't vibe with it, man. It makes. In fact, it made me think about that that commercial. It's an insurance commercial. Yeah. When, <laughs> when they walk into this, when, they, when they're in a um, they're inside of a, some type of um, like a. Uh, Home Depot, or whatever it is, and the lady's talking on the phone. You no, know, you shouldn't. You shouldn't talk on the phone um, out loud like that when you're in the store. When the guy had blue hair and they're sitting next to that, blue hair, blue hair, blue, blue. Wait, why? Uh, the end of the, in, make you think of that? I don't oh, because I'm thinking of people that, that like acapella. Hold on, we're back in three. <laughs> All right, I got one here. Yeah. Here's, the, here's the name of a acapella group at Boston University. Oral Fixation. Oh, that's amazing. How do you like that? Yes. Wow. That just happened. Oh, how about at the University of Penn? Chord on Blues. Not Chord that's, on Blue. That's, that's pretty good, right? Yeah, I like yeah. it. That's pretty good. There's um, one. Oh, uh, the Harmonaholics. <laughs> <laughs> that's an all-timer right there that's or that's the, an con, the con men at the university of connecticut <laughs> c-o-n-n men oh my god <laughs> oh my goodness oh the is from king of the hill is it really yeah it's, one of them joins a a uh, acapella group at the church what was, what was the like, guy's oh. name that would always mumble? Was it Boomauer or something? Yeah, yeah Boomauer. <laughs> that guy was that's great. Stephen Root, you know, right? Who? Oh, no, that's Mike Judge. Mike Judge is, oh. Mike Judge is, is the guy, you know, he did like office space. Mike Judge has done some amazing stuff. Right. That's well, why he, he did Beavis and Butthead, too, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did Beavis and Butthead. Um, <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, man, I tell you what, man. Yeah, just mumble. It was great. So if, if you've ever seen him on, I think he was on Conan. This is back when King of the Hills first started coming around. And it's basically like people he grew up around. Uh-huh. Like that Hank Hill is, is you know, like a neighbor of his. Right. Like, I'll tell you what. And it's just like, yeah, Mike Judge has done a lot, man. He, uh, I was trying to think. Stephen Root's in there, too. Oh, here's one. Treble threat, Aton, at the University of San Diego. I love that. <laughs> See, as I'm saying, I, I think of people that did listen to that type of stuff, or as a guy. I mean, remember, I told you about the commercial. At the end of the commercial, you see him helping this person out. You know, you know, trying to back him up. All right, come on, keep going, keep going. And the guy grabs him. You don't know him. Come on, you don't know him. <laughs> he's, That's he's a progressive the commercial. That's progressive insurance. Progr yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that that's just like one of the best commercials. Every time I look at it, man. <laughs> I just, I just start laughing, man. Come on, yeah, you got it. Come on, keep, keep it going. Come on, keep it going. You don't know him. Come on, you don't know him. <laughs> I think that's the one where it's the trying to let you 
make you not be like your parents. Right, right. Don't be no. like your parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in there. Blue hair. Blue. blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You got a guy on one of the commercials. You got a guy that's um reading submarine books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Who who reads oh, submarine God. books about submarines? Uh, my dad. Here we go. <laughs> do you do you have those names? Broccoli Rob. Ron, do you have those? Just email them to you. This is the middle on the Sportsman Radio email. Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Ron just sent out, and it's, again, if you're familiar with the office, you know it's one of the biggest recurring jokes, themes with Ed Helms, and they have the names of these guys in the office. And, and you'll have to help me with this a little bit, Ron, because these guys don't know the show that much, but they they all had nicknames, and it, I, I just I don't even understand where some of these even came from. But for them to come up with that name in its own right, and then you listen to the ones that Harry dropped in the break, <laughs> and then even before that, they're all real. <laughs> You know, it's almost like you, you, you'd have to go out and do your own Google search. If you wanted to establish an acapella group like Kirk Cousins did in, in high school, you'd have to Google and and try and outdo what the latest name is, right? Right. You can't just come in with like... Not Clint Capella. No. Right? No. <laughs> it's Acapella. Acapella, uh, right. See, Berserker Swordsman, you guys signed on for this, man. See, Penguin AZ... You guys, you guys signed on this. We're we're drawing you in now. We're drawing you in. We're it's taking way better than top. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles <laughs> all around. I told you, we'll play that every Friday. And That's the acapella group. Eagle. <laughs> and what, and you got the girls in the background. <laughs> well, that's what you need. I mean, look, Kirk Cousins had some background help, right? Yeah, he had the people behind the background. E a g l e s. And you know that we lost because you played that man. I just want you to know that. Because yeah. you played that. Right. Good. Then we're <laughs> playing it again it. this week. Right. <laughs> you listen, to how, listen to how overly aggressive this is. Like the, the, the way in which that normal song works is because it ramps up. Mm -hmm. Orbison is such a great musician that he understands tact and how right. to build up to a moment. These guys are just belting out. It's too much. That's why I don't like. That's why I don't support acapella. It's too much. All right, put a guitar behind you. Put a piano behind you. Yeah. Let let the music work. Don't try and out belt the own tune or song that you're doing. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. It's like it's how he plays quarterback, hero <laughs> ball. All right, on a Monday or Thursday night when the when the lights are the brightest. Hey, that one interception that he threw to uh, Thielen. I looked at the highlight. Thielen needs to catch that ball. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he, he just handed it to Khalil Mack. It was not good, but it was great if you bet that even return money. Now, thankfully, you know, we can we can turn this page. Speaking of which, right? How how can we turn this page, man? You just keep drawing us in. No, I'm you done. I'm done on Monday. I'm done with that game last night. I, I don't need any more Kirk Cousins. I don't need any more Nick Foles. I don't need those two teams. 
can be fired off in, into the rest of the season. Like I, I tried I, to I, warn you. Well, well, is that how you bet though? You bet on games that really have no bearing on anything. I mean, you know, you just know there's going to be bad stuff that's going to happen. So you bet the bad stuff. That's what you do, huh? No, I, I kind of, I try to get in early. Bengals, for example, it seemed too good to be true that they were getting two and a half points on the road, especially after getting manhandled by the Steelers. One mm -hmm. in tight game, they lose last minute field goal. It's going to expect a little bit of a letdown. So that's, that's kind of what I look at. But that's a bad football game. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to watch that football game mainly because we have a game that we're going to have to watch at 1 o'clock Eastern as well, which is the Eagles-Browns. But even if the Eagles were playing on Tuesday night, I wouldn't watch that that game. I think it's just a matter of where you can find value, and then you, you kind of get lucky. if the, Like, it, it's that old thing, set it and forget it, or you watch it. Mm -hmm. But I don't <laughs> set know. Set it and I'm forget betting, it. I'm betting against the Eagles. I've bet against the Eagles a lot this year. Hey, just to let you know, I'm using my showtime today, man. I have a nice little pork loin I'm about to cook today. So I'm using my, my showtime in honor oh, of the, you guys. The, Set uh, it and forget the it. cooker? Yeah, the showtime cooker. Set Beautiful. it and forget it. You need to videotape that, man. People want to see that content. Yeah. All right. Especially you setting and forgetting it. Right. I think that's <laughs> what we need to see more so than anything, right, is set it and forget it mode. Now, Let's see how it comes out. <laughs> I'm curious. You Harry has the James Harden thing behind him. Mm -hmm. And I wonder out loud, how is James Harden coming to Philadelphia? Is it going to be a trade that does not include either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? Or have you already said goodbye to either one of them right now? Oh, I, I don't I don't know how it gets done. I can't imagine that it would get done without one of those guys leaving. I can't see how that happens. All the Sixers fans want to ship off. You know, Tobias Harris and Al Horford, they'll throw in Matisse Thibault, even though they like him. They'll give draft picks, all that stuff. Get, take all our garbage, our bad contracts, and one attractive young player, and it, we'll expect to get an MVP player in return. That's not going to happen. No, it's not. Would you agree? I, absolutely. I mean, how, how could you think that you're going to get anything better than, uh, than uh, you know, Butler? I mean, we we lost on all our deals, and as it pertains to him, we should have signed him back. Literally. I agree. We should have signed him back. And this isn't after the well, fact. I was always a Butler guy. Right, right. right. I, I'm just curious as far as if beyond just willing to say goodbye to either one of those kids, and that's fine. That's that's fair. But is there then enough? Like, are you now in position to be that much better? And that doesn't mean you don't do the deal. Mm-hmm. You've got one of the game's best players, at least on offense, but right. There but he's in his early thirties. Yes, and there are people that'll tell you, watching him game in and game out, year in and year out, mm -hmm. that he's not easy to pair with. No, he plays no defense. He has no interest in playing any defense, right? And you'd have to part. Let's say you'd have to part ways with what's what's Ben Simmons. What is he? Twenty three, twenty four. He's young. Okay, so you'd have to part ways with him, who's one of the best defensive players and still a player that could uh, develop his offensive game, although, you know, I'm still waiting to see it. I'll believe it when I see it. For a guy who is older, although I would be very intrigued to see how he and Embiid could coexist with a couple of shooters on the on the floor and some defenders. Well, that's it, right? That's it in a nutshell. Just get us one shooter. We don't need a couple. We just need one shooter. If we have Embiid, mm -hmm. 
you, all you need is one shooter because all you need somebody to take some defenders out of the box. Yeah. What do you I think, think about Milwaukee? Milwaukee? Milwaukee made some big moves. Well, they, look, they, they did, get rid of Giannis. Real quick, before that, though, is before my Milwaukee, and you're right, as, as far as that's concerned, the Rockets just did that. Mm-hmm. The Rockets for the last two, two and a half years have surrounded James Harden with shooters. They didn't even add a big guy to clog up anything. And Embiid is going to wind up shooting. People won't like it, but Embiid is going to wind up shooting a lot more from the outside just because that'll be open. But haven't we already seen James Harden with shooters around him? Why, why would it change so much over here? Well, shooters around it, but there's there's no there's few other big men in the league like like an Embiid. You know, you put that component in with some shooters and Harden, and I think you got something. See, I'm, I'm not a Harden fan. I, You're I, not? I don't know. I don't. I don't want him here. But but if he did come, think about you know you know pick and roll with him or, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean because because at the end of the day you have him pick and roll with Embiid. I mean, who pick your poison? Do you follow the pick? I mean, you, you, you're in a no-win situation as a defender. Either way it goes, both of them can make it happen from, from that pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anything else, you know, as far as with James Harden when he was in, when he's in, since he's in Houston. You brought shooters in next to a shooter. I didn't think that made much sense. Well, you bring in well, a big guy to be yeah. down low. And another ball-dominant guard in Westbrook. But right, you know, two ball-dominant guys, yes. Before Westbrook even got there, it's like even with Capella, you, you know, you didn't have somebody that was just jammed down low. There was a lot. Harden isn't just going to drop back from three all the time. That's no. what the game is anyway. But we'll a get lot to the of cup. opening it up, right. Yeah. So you have to open it up. So just by nature, again, this is where Jimmy Butler and this team wasn't working enough was because there wasn't enough movement. Now, granted, some of that changes with the head coach. I get it. But you're going to need to have a lot of open space down low for James Harden to be able to create and to be mm-hmm. able to put up 40, 45, 50 a night. How so many times? Thing. It's just a lot of things are going to have to change with this team that we haven't seen. The free throw line would need to be repainted about every three games. <laughs> because those two guys, I mean, they make a living at the free throw line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that, and that's, that's what you want. Yeah, to, to an extent, you, you do. But look, I, I think that it takes time for two people to to play together, and mm-hmm. the expectation of James Harden getting here would be now Doc Rivers has to figure this thing out, and it, it's just it's not easy. Look, Allen Iverson is a Hall of Fame talent, but right. it wasn't easy pairing him no. with other people. No, well, guys, they look never at this. Well, guys, I mean, I see everybody else making these commitments and making these trades. You know, you look at uh, you look what New Orleans did. Mm-hmm. You know, trading holiday. Holiday, You know, yeah, collecting draft holiday. picks. I mean, come on, they're they're making moves. Um, CP3 going to Arizona. Well, mm-hmm. they had to make moves based off of the Anthony Davis. Remember, they moved Anthony Davis because Davis was out. So then, what happens is they open up some currency and have Zion and now realize that they have a guy that they can bring back even more with. But still, though, you, I mean, everybody's making moves, and we right. still haven't seen the and, or reaped the benefits of our two young guys making a hat. Well, they're, not, they're starting oh. to be old now. They're not young guys anymore with, with Simmons and Embiid. Is, is Bogdanovich and Drew Holiday and Middleton enough around Giannis to keep him enthused enough to stay in Milwaukee? He's already made, He already said no. Yeah, his, his, I mean, he's there for the end of his deal. We know that. He's not yeah. going to stay beyond that? 
Uh, you think it's he, a foregone conclusion? They'd have to win a championship. Right. And if Brooklyn is able to get James Harden, yeah, then that changes everything. Well, yeah, Berserker says Harden's coming to Philly, but it's as a layover to get to Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, you know what Philadelphia is huge for is being leveraged. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that's what that's what this basketball team is is best known for, which is somebody coming in and being like, "Oh well, if you don't pay me, then I'm going to Philly," mm-hmm. like some threat. And for right. some reason, people take it seriously. Nobody has ever, after being called on it, except maybe JJ Redick, but there was such a boatload of cash coming his way anyway. But nobody has ever turned around and called their bluff and be like, "Well, all right, go on to Philadelphia," because <laughs> right, the top talents. That's why I don't think Harden steps in here. No, well, I don't imagine Red so was there last year. Imagine he was on his team last year. I mean, that that right there just shows me that I don't know if they really want. I, I think if Reddick was here, it would have been a totally different team. Totally different team. That's the that's the piece that they've been needing. They had him and he let him go. Well, Butler was was I mean you know if you really look at it, Butler yeah. was was the key element. And again, you're going to get that back if you get hardened, but if not, now you're stuck and you're right. Milwaukee makes a big move. So ahead of the NBA draft, not really sure where, which is tomorrow, right? Is it tomorrow? Yes. Not really sure where you look at, you know, some last minute or last second movement, but there's going to be a lot. I would think of at least phone calls, probing, trying Mm. to figure out what you can do, what you can move. The, the problem is beyond it just being a COVID year, this isn't a great top-heavy draft. No, it's not. It's really there's, not. There's no transcendent player that's coming out. And how no. about our boy uh, Dante DiVincenzo now is now destined to play out most most of his career in Sacramento. Yeah, that's a tough. Ah, uh, it stinks. <laughs> you go from playing, <laughs> you go from playing alongside the best player in the league to going to Sacramento. That's wow. Yeah, Bucks <laughs> with. Drew and Bogdanovich, that, that's tough, man. That is and Middleton. Tough, and Middleton, yeah. yeah, because Middleton's back. But that is a tough team. Mm-hmm. I don't think Chris Paul puts Phoenix over the top. No. Anything more than being a playoff team. But outside of that, I guess we just kind of wait and see, right? Yeah, see what what happens. I mean, if, if Harden goes to Brooklyn, are you in the mode of just, you know, let's just give them uh, the, the keys to the finals? In other words, they get the Eastern Conference. All right, let's we'll break. We'll talk on that just a little bit. Wrap the hour. You're listening to the middle, Phillyvoice.com slash the middle and sports map radio. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Now the penguin AC says enough. No basketball allowed. We can go back to the Eagles or Acapella talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate the NBA. All right, what the hell? How much time we got? I'm going to let this one. 
Crown Royale? Yeah. Hey, Crown Ron, Royale. how much time do we have? I'll go to the bar to some Crown Royale. They'll be like, what? What? Uh, just under two minutes. Thanks. Seven and About 90 seconds. It's drinks. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Shirley Temple's in seven and seven. Are you back at Kansas State? How tall are you, Barrett? Six, five, six, six. Six, five and a half. Yeah, you're going to get whatever you want. The Middle with Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. The, the, the middle. The middle. Love sauce. Yes. This is the other product. Outside of the Santa's Yum Nuts, M&S also sells the love sausage. Now, what would you rather buy? Now, seriously, let's all be Barrett Brooks. Let's be 6'6", 3-plus, former Eagle football player. And then you have the cashier say, uh, price check on Yum Nuts, price check on Santa's Yum Nuts. That or the love sausage. I got to be uh, honest. I see I see Barrett Brooks. I see Jeremiah Trot. I don't care. Brian Dawkins. Y'all out here ordering love sausages. I might think twice about rocking a jersey next time. I got to go love sausage. Okay. You'd rather have the cashier say love sausage. Yes. <laughs> Barrett's thinking. I'm like, yo, I don't, I, we might just have to go hungry that day, bro. The Middle with Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Sounded like Adam needed a tissue after the game. Here's Adam Gase. It hurts. Hey guys. They battled. Hey guys. You know, just to have a few mistakes that cost us the game. We did a really good job of doing what we wanted to do here, which was lose, so that we would maintain an 0 yeah. 9 mark and get the number one draft pick. Everyone did a fantastic job. Pharrell coast to coast with Scott Pharrell. Weekdays from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. You're listening to The Middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. So let's work in reverse. Let's assume that Harden does get traded to the Brooklyn Nets, and they've got the three, the trio there, the power three in Brooklyn. Let's take away Brooklyn. Let's take away Milwaukee. Who else in the East are you going to give a shot to beat either or both of those teams en route to representing the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals? Well, do you think Boston sits tight and doesn't add to their roster or Toronto? Because, you know, I mean, they're two really solid, you know, playoff tested type teams. Yeah. Do they and we know the tight? coaching. You know, they got coaching, too. They, man, they both know. have very good coaches. Yep. Yeah, they got coaching. Here's the thing, though. I, I agree that they have a good roster. I agree that they have good coaching. But you've now added a wedge. And, and look, Milwaukee is playoff soft. So they do have that working against them. Correct. But now you've added a we- another team that I, I think is going to be above Toronto and Boston. Unless you're going to think that Toronto and Boston are good enough teams to knock off Brooklyn. I, I don't see it. But at the same time, maybe if they make a move. But Boston would have to sacrifice one of their players in order to bring somebody of note back. Mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward, you know, clearly that departure is going to hurt if that, you know, is to fruition. Well, I mean, the Nets are going to end up having to lose like a Lavert or a Dinwiddie too, right? right? Which is fine. Which yeah. Is fine because you're going to have three. Ideally, you're going to have three guys healthy that are going to take over a game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So Boston, Toronto, and then what? Philadelphia? 
Boy. Indiana. I mean, now now you're talking about middle tier teams. Yeah, Indiana without are we, are we, uh, yeah. Oladipo, right? Yep. Correct. Correct. <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Uh, it's it's an uphill battle. Yeah. With Doctor Rivers. It really is. All right, we're back. Second hour, the middle phillyvoice.com slash the middle in sports map radio. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You know what I say there? I still like Boston though, man. Because even if if they if if Hayward does go, you yeah, know, I mean, they, they, they have, they've played without Hayward a lot anyway. Yeah, they're right, a good right, team. They're, they're right, right. But I mean, are they are they and and they're deep? But are they that good to knock off a new Brooklyn or a new? Because remember, now you're talking about Drew Holiday with Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a pretty big shot in the arm in that backcourt. Huge. Are there enough basketballs to go around in Brooklyn? Yes. You that, think they all three of those guys could coexist just fine? And look, man, you're going to have to get to 140 points somehow. All right? Hmm. Think about it. Like, teams are scoring more now anyways. Yep. Nobody's out there. Like, that's that's a big, a big myth, I think. And it's not like a, a negative, I'm saying this. But I think what happens is you start – was there enough basketball to go around when Durant was on the Warriors? Absolutely. Yeah, there was. But but that crew had already been together as a unit winning right. already. This this whole Kyrie and Durant thing has not happened yet. Like, this no. is all new. Right. Well, that's fair. I'll, I'll give okay. you that. Where I, I would not expect Brooklyn to come out of the gate, even if they get Harden. I wouldn't expect them to come out of the gate on fire. Right. It took the heat a full season. Now, they were good enough to get to the finals, but it took the Heat a full season to really get it together with LeBron, Wade, mm-hmm. and Bosh. That's all. That's, you know, yeah, that's a lot of egos in one place, man. Yeah, I mean, there, a lot of yeah. egos. But that's, you know, that's the league now. And right? who's their coach? Brooklyn? Steve Kerr. Steve uh, Kerr. Uh, Nash. Steve Nash. Nash. Steve Nash. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Steve Nash. But when you say Chris Bosch, I think of my TV show, Bosch. You know, I didn't like that show. Oh, I loved it. You know why I didn't like the show? It's, yeah. It's, here's why. And, and I watched it. I think there's a fourth season out now, right? No, there's like seven. I've seen oh, them all. Wow. Yeah, there's like six or seven. I watched the first four. I'll tell you, you know who's in there is Marlo Stanfield from The Wire. See, did you not watch The Wire? I watched the first three seasons of The so Wire. You didn't get to Marlo. Marlo okay. is the guy who took – he's even a bigger badass than the Barksdales. He takes over the block following oh, okay. three. And he's like the new guy in charge of the block. Okay. And that's Bosch's partner. Yeah. Right. So yeah. he, he's actually a good actor. Uh-huh. Um, but you know what I don't like about the show? What he, show is this? It's, it's called Bosch, B-O-S-C-H, and it's about a, a cop. He's super cop, but he's he's a good cop. He's a little dirty. Yeah, little. You know, he's he's never he's never a lead. Mm-hmm. Like that guy is really good as like the number two. Or well, number he was two. in Deadwood. Yeah, remember? yeah, yeah. Exactly right. And that's what I mean. Like he's, yeah. he's really good at the most as like a number two or three. Right. And I never got around accepting him as the lead. I don't know what it is. He's. I don't. I don't think he's a bad actor. I don't think he's a bad actor at all. I, I enjoyed the first couple seasons of it. I'm about yeah. to check it out. It yeah, you're, like, you're right. Like, 
Because he's he's more like a passive lead in box. Right. Like he is the lead right. character, right. but he doesn't strike you as one of those guys that just is like this dominant alpha character, yeah, actor guy. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. Marlo <laughs> Stanfield is was good. Is good. I'm gonna have to check it out, man. It seems like we're gonna have or Jamie Hector is his name. Binge watch a little bit, man. Yeah, Jamie Hector. They might now, be we, now, what about our show? I watched it last night. I liked the episode. Nah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I thought it was good. You had me thinking that I was getting ready to bail on the show. I'm like, oh, I told Barrett. my wife, I said, I heard this episode sucks. Who said that? I go, Aton. Not Barrett. Barrett said he was going to bail. He knew <laughs> the term bail. And now you blame just me? Of course. Terrible. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's redundant. Like, I don't need the lawyer to make the same statement that the other lawyer made in the prison. And this time it's about, you know, like the, these general statements that the writers slipped in. It just it became redundant. Mm. It's like, OK, I get it. Now let's move forward. And and they kind of felt like they were just lollygagging their way to the trial. There should have been trial mm -hmm. in that episode. And now the next episode is going to be an entire trial. And yeah. the final episode is going to be this huge reveal. He's yeah, got some no. brass ones now. He got some brass ones. He, yeah, he I'll tell you. All right. So here's the thing. Here, here's why. They, and let's work right. Flip it. They want you to believe that he's about to out his wife, right? Mm -hmm. They want yes. you to believe. Now, there's here's why I don't believe it because the last reveal that they had was her walking down the street, and they immediately paid that off by her lawyer saying, "Well." They have you walking on 60 other cameras in the vicinity. So after the time or, exactly. or during the time of the murder. Exactly. Yeah. So she's that that was just a quick throwaway. It, it, it kept us for a freaking week. And then it was just discarded like a piece of trash, like a wrapper from Halloween candy. Well, what is that? What they call a red fish or something like that? Or red a herring. red herring. Red herring. But here's why it's, it's not. A, well, it might straddle a red herring because they did pay it off at least. But yes, it, it, there's an element of it. You're right, Barrett, where they, it was like, really? I mean, at least they explained it away. But that's why I don't think he's going to out. I don't think he's going to out her. Well, the, the other thing that I didn't like is when he went to the yeah, that, that, uh, Matilda's boyfriend's yeah. place. That was ridiculous. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. I mean, come on now. And then and then it, then he says, oh, I, I'm trying to love her. Mm -hmm. He should have took the baby right then and there. This is a Gal Media property in partnership with yeah, that was ridiculous. Media. And you, my friend, are caught in the middle. The middle starts now, starts now on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket Can. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios. Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Well, we are moving forward right now on a Tuesday edition of this program, which means overtime we'll be joined by John McMullen an hour from now, just under which, and you can continue to watch us. We don't break, as you know, phillyvoice.com slash the middle. We are live on Sports Map Radio where you can follow along and listen, of course, on the SportsMap Radio app all around the country. And you can hit us up on Twitter or the stream, as we've seen a bunch of people do that, at Shander Show, at Harry Mays to you, and at B Brooks 72 nbcs at Ron Culver, as we'll hit fake news in just under 20 minutes. Two ends for Ron on Twitter.
But as we open up this second hour, we do have a nice, crisp page to turn. Already look ahead on a gigantic Thursday night football game. There's news in Major League Baseball that yeah. could impact us here in Philadelphia. And I even see our own McMullen tweeting about that. I know. Focus on this in overtime instead of the NFL. That's fine by me. Theo Epstein is out, stepping down November 20th as basically the man who runs the Chicago Cubs. And I can just say this and speak for everybody here in this city, which I rarely do. But yes, please. <laughs> I mean, when you yeah. are, are an organization, I don't care if you're the Phillies or, or anybody, but if you're an organization that is terrible and you have the opportunity to get somebody who's not terrible, then you go out and get somebody who's not terrible. That should hold up for any sport, right? Right. Any sport at all. Yeah, you're, you're right. But you, do, you know who else needs a, a new GM? The New York Mets? Yes, a team that just got a new owner. And they're going to want to make a splash with the with the hire of a GM too, right? That's more of a buzzkill than St. Olaf College advising <laughs> you to stop kissing while having sex to avoid spreading COVID. What? What? What yeah. are they in the you league with Bemidji State? I'm just yeah, I'm telling you, man. You know, if, if you were to just eliminate kissing, yeah. Remember that scene from the naked gun where they were wearing the body condoms? Yes, <laughs> that's what we've come to. It's amazing. We're back in three minutes. It's Phillyvoice.com slash the middle and sports map radio. The middle. That's where we're at. Do you remember that? Yes, I what, do. She's like, do you practice safe sex? <laughs> and then they're rolling around in the body condoms. <laughs> oh. Just saw that, man. St. Olaf. Where is St. Olaf? Do you know? It's got to be. I think Minnesota, Minnesota, isn't it? Gotta be. St. Yeah. Olaf. Is there a more? Yeah. Liberal Arts College in Northfield, Minnesota. Yeah. It's got to be Minnesota. Outside of Minnesota, is there a more Minnesota name than St. No. Olaf? I mean, wasn't Betty White's character in the Golden Girls from like St. Olaf, Minnesota? Oh my goodness! Really? Oh, that's I got another show I never watched. Oh, that's that was a great show. Mm. That was back I, when was sitcoms were sitcoms. <laughs> I didn't need any more B. Arthur in my life. <laughs> well, hold on, man. I just gonna leave that out there, man. The way you uh, you know, you, you, body condoms, bro. I mean, just it's just I from mean, out I, of nowhere. I've no, I mean, it's not at all. Have you not seen that movie? You RKO'd, yeah, so <laughs> naked gun. So I'm curious now that we've all seen the episode. Yeah, St. Olaf. I oh, was right. That's such a poll, man. How, how about that for a poll? You even know that, dude. Like, that must have been referenced twice on the show. And <laughs> somebody just asked Blanche, would you? Come on, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. right back in the day, of course. Right. That's why yeah. you watch. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, they, I don't think there's any, I don't know what they said about this pandemic thing. I, I think I couldn't even find that anymore. So I think that's out. Play action real, man. You, bro. We are talking about from the, the undoing. Right. But I, I just don't even know at this point what would even, like, what's, what's the major reveal? He did it. The husband did it. Donald Sutherland did it, or she did it while blacked out. Donald Sutherland's character was really developed in this last episode. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was yeah that was that was the point they wanted to get done. And and he's showing you that he is ruthless as uh, he'll do anything. 
Right. Like he said, he'd track him down himself and kill him if like he did something to his daughter or his grandson. So he's showing you that side that he's not beyond murder. Well, isn't isn't that what they want you to? Isn't that what the show wants you to believe? Yeah. That Donald Sutherland found out that he Mm -hmm. had this affair, that he's in love with the Southern. He was embarrassing his daughter. He really embarrassed her on TV. This Spending the money. Right. You know, because he's got no money. But is it? I mean, wouldn't that be a little bit of a letdown if that's how, if that's it? I mean, because because you're saying it's too obvious. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm trying to think of who who else could have done it. That's what I'm saying. They don't really have. They don't really have a lot. I'll tell you this: this blonde, the the attorney, the the friend. You think she's involved? Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she had a pair with the dude too. What if that comes out next week? Is the middle on right. the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Well, we can immediately just remove everything we talked about in the last couple of minutes about Theo Epstein because it's not one, it's now multiple people reporting the same thing. Epstein intends to take the upcoming season off. Not <laughs> joining the Mets or Phillies front office. Good. That is good. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather him take the seat than take the seat in the Mets front office. See, that, that's what I would do. I would yeah. take a little time off. You know me, Aton. Yeah, that's... Ah, you get a little stir-crazy, I think. Huh? You always say this, where when you're working, it's always about time off. But then when you have time off, you get that itch. No, but I mean, I, I had a lot work. of time off in the last couple of years. You know, a little spotty here, you know, a couple months here, a couple months there. It's great. Okay. You enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know. Something about that doesn't, I don't believe you. You don't believe I get, that. No. <laughs> I get bored too easy. Yes. I, I Harry, think- you definitely get bored too easy. There's only so much golf you could play, man. Yeah, well... Yeah, it's all seasonal because you're not playing much golf in the winter. Although I'm right. trying to sneak out today. A little cloudy, yeah. 50 degrees. Yeah. But I am going back on my vodka hiatus, Aton, that you witnessed, if you remember back when we were uh, when we went to the first Super Bowl. Or no, the second Super Bowl. Yes. Just it's before Miami. the pandemic. Miami. I was on a vodka hiatus, and it lasted like six weeks, and then the pandemic hit, and I just went back. Great guns. I mean, I was like double half gallons. Is that right? So <laughs> but I'm going to go on another one. Okay. Yeah. A hiatus? A hiatus. All right. A hiatus. A hiatus. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> just making sure. Just making sure. Why, why'd you do that? If you don't mind. Well, me because watching. I drink too much of it. It's too easy to drink. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Yeah. I mean, literally, I could yeah. just walk around here sauced all day and nobody would even know I had any in me. That's how good it is. It's amazing. Yeah. But he needs foresight to recognize that and do something about it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, my, my grandfather, my great my great grandfather used to take a shot a day. My mom and pop told me he used to take a shot a day and he lived to like a hundred and something years old. Okay. Wow. Taking a shot a day before he shot went to bed what? and take a shot. Whiskey. Uh, a shot of whiskey. Yeah. 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 All right. Now try putting four shots in one drink and having four of those. <laughs> okay, that's 16 shots. Which is 16 shots. beers. Yeah, 16 <laughs> shots. You, you sound like a Jada Kiss lyric. <laughs> 16 shots. Wow, wow. 
the uh, craziest thing I ever saw was Robert Irvine pops like six or seven espressos a day. What? Shooting that show, Restaurant Impossible. Yeah, I went up and, and was really on and, and yeah, I was on an episode where I was just observing. And then after a day, he put me to work. But it was incredible because he, he allowed me to follow him around. This is back when I was doing national stuff for uh, NBC Network. And he allowed me to follow him around, watch everything. And he just, they'd shoot a segment. He'd go back. He'd pound an espresso. They'd shoot a segment, mm-hmm. go back. He'd be on like a sixth or seventh espresso by the time they were winding down. And they were like, oh, yeah, he shoots them every day. But those are real small cups, though, right? Still, yeah. though, that's still equivalent yeah, highly to a, concentrate. Yeah, that's equivalent to a, a, a Mountain Dew every time he does it. Right. Yeah. I yeah, mean, his heart's going to explode. That's the equivalent of, of what you were pouring down your gullet with vodka, <laughs> Barry. It just happened to be a different substance. That's all. Just a different substance. That's like that's like people drink, uh, what is it, Red Bull and vodka? Yeah. That's like, you know, that's that's a depressant and a stimulant, you know, right. all in one. Right. You buy gives it in the nice, Gives you a nice even keel, Barrett. Oh, that's what- <laughs> Yeah. Hold on. And you start to tip one way. Hold on. Need a little more Red Bull. Huh? Yeah, exactly right. Need a little more vodka. <laughs> Need a little more Red Bull. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little tired. Double right, that. Right. Give me a little bit more Red Bull. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. Just one yeah. shot of vodka and, and, and two shots of the Red Bull this time. <laughs> that that's what we do. Well, yeah, yeah. And you and your seven and seven. Seven and seven, man. You swap out the seven for Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And do Seagram's gin and Red Bull. Now, Red Bull goes with a lot. You'd be surprised. Mountain Dew and Captain and Morgan. There you go. There, there's hey the, of the day. Guys. Yeah, there you go. Look at this. Look, he's got the bottle right at the broadcast location. <laughs> yeah, are you I, surprised? I watch football from right here. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I watch football. Watch the Monday night game. Little yeah, you need a lot of that. You probably pounded half of that for last night. <laughs> yeah. Just numb the head watching that god-awful football game. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. So how long do stay focused. we get until there's an announcement with James Harden? Like, does James Harden get dealt pre or post-draft? I think it's I think it's pre-draft. You think so? So yeah, I think they're trying to get a job. They're trying to get it done now. You know what I'm saying? Leading in. To the draft, you know, that way they have some draft capital going into this draft. Wouldn't you think? That would make sense, you know, because then at least, you know, Houston knows what they're getting coming back, you know, right, for him right. and, you know, no, maybe adjust what they do in the draft and the rest of free agency. So that would make sense. But since when has anything really made sense in this 2020? Nothing. That's right. This, this is the most ass backward year yeah. I've ever been a part of. I don't meet both, and I think we, I think everybody would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, right, right. The board, it's it's been that. Yeah, long. Saint Olaf, unbelievable. But that's the thing is, if they move him, then you're doing Houston a favor, but you may not need it, as far as you know. That's that's concerned. And How long ago did he leave? When did he leave uh, um, the Thunder and go to Houston? Oh, years ago. People, people forget about that. I mean, How many years ago was that? I want to he say six, 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 six years. Yeah. Wow. Six or, yeah. Has to be six or seven years. But that's the thing. Going back now to that team in Brooklyn, if in fact Brooklyn, like you're doing Brooklyn a favor, but I don't know if that necessarily is any type of catalyst to get this thing done. If not, it's just going to be this great talking point 
yeah. that the NBA is going to have. Yeah, he left in uh, 2011. Okay. Oh, wow. So nine years. Yeah, it's been a little bit. So uh, can you imagine Kyrie Irving, who to me is a big pain in the ass? He's a right. good player, but he's a pain in the rear end. Um, him and Harden getting along? Because Kyrie, Kyrie's a – he's tough. He's tough to deal with. Right, right, right. Yeah. You I, don't I see think- that – being a problem it I is i mean fresh on the floor a lot better and and that probably makes it easier i mean look kevin durant's not an easy guy you know he's very he's got multiple burner accounts right <laughs> just like we ripped carson wentz for being soft right there's something there's something off and soft about durant now again you're talking about guys who are playing sports at an incredibly high level but durant the all three of them there's something a little aloof about. So maybe that, mm. I don't know, maybe that brings them together. But on the floor, I think they actually work really well together. Mm. So maybe that helps. I don't know. Well, uh, you know, beating beating the Lakers is, is, is why teams are going to do what they're going to do. They're trying to get up enough ammunition. Because, I mean, right. even though, you know, the Lakers, they're, they're going to put an asterisk behind this year's championship. I don't. Still. Yeah. I mean, me neither. Me neither. Because everybody's yeah. in the same conditions. Right. Yeah. And they but, played uh, practically a full regular season when it, right. when it comes down to all the games. So, you know, everybody knows that they need to get up to do that. And you need uh, one more superstar. So I think guys will get along just to go beat the Lakers, mm-hmm. to go beat those guys. I mean, that's 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 the bottom line is you want to win championships. So both of those guys will, will – if Harden gets there, he'll be the only one without a championship. And he's going to want that. So I think he'll do whatever it takes to take it to the next level and win. You know, there's some, I think there might be something to that where James Harden realizes the window is, is shut. Yes. Like this is it. And Kyrie Irving realizes that, you know, a lot to what you're saying, Harry, I mean, the, if it's the public perception or simply the interior perception of just not being that same guy and and being a distant guard from what he was when he played with LeBron. Yeah. And even a lot of injuries. Yeah, a lot of injuries. Yeah. I mean, even Kevin Durant is trying to fight his way out of that that cloud that hangs over of him bolting and taking the easy man's way out. Right. So these guys might collectively come together and say, yeah, I probably wouldn't be hanging out with Kyrie Irving in the offseason or, you know, this Kevin Durant guy is not for me, but this might be my last shot at really winning anything. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee doesn't have that. Same, you know what I'm saying? Like Milwaukee doesn't have that same motivation. Giannis's back is into the wall, like James Harden's is, or right. Kevin Durant trying to reshape his image. Giannis couldn't care less what people think about him. Right. I mean, Giannis's biggest decision is: does he bolt Milwaukee for Miami? Well, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, all, oh, all that would be interesting. Yeah, all three of those guys want to beat LeBron. Period. Point blank. And each one of those guys has a chip on his shoulder from LeBron. Mm-hmm. And they get off. So I mean, at this point, I I I can't see them working together just to beat LeBron. Yes. So that what would you take? What would you take back in return, Ata? How many players and how many picks would you need if you're Houston? For James Harden, I I would need I need a lot. Not to say that Brooklyn can't provide it, mm-hmm. but you'd probably need. And Le- I also have to understand that you're never going to get true return value back. But right. I imagine that you're going to get a combination of like a Dinwiddie Levert. Yep. And two, not in the same year, but two first round picks. Two draft picks. Uh, yep. I would think, yeah, two first rounders, Dinwiddie Levert, 
and then whatever else you throw in there would, would probably be a good place to not even start so much as like middle ground a, a conversation. Do they still have that trade machine thing on ESPN where you put in oh, the contracts? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's traded Ben Simmons for yeah. the LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I remember we used to do shows based on that. Like we'd sit in the back room, you know, like a half hour before the, the show trying to figure out what we were going to, what we were going to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, me or my producer would cook up a trade. Yeah. <laughs> amazing isn't it yeah the whole thing just to get people to call in and be like yeah oh, you know i wouldn't trade uh tony roten <laughs> right that time six one oh exactly exactly <laughs> right all right speaking of a trade and it's not necessarily the typical swap but an idea has come across in the nfl as far as a position is concerned we'll get on that also if you want to look at what our old buddy is doing in Kansas City, everything is just re-locked up. And that Chiefs team, you talk about L.A., that Chiefs team isn't going anywhere. We'll hit fake news with Ron Culver coming up next. You're listening, you're watching The Middle, phillyvoice.com slash The Middle, and on SportsMap Radio. The philosophy of guys my work as an attorney is, number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. All right. But Dinwiddie, th these guys don't make any money. Dinwiddie makes 10.6 no. and Lavert only makes 2.6. Right. You That's throw right. in DeAndre Jordan in there, you're still 23. You're still $15 million short from matching the money if you have to match it. No, you don't have to match it. You don't? In the offseason like you do in the regular season. So you just have to match a percentage. And even that is is easier to get around. Um, it's, it's a far cry from uh, back in the day where, you know, players didn't have as much control. Man, these guys literally have control over where they're going to go. That's no crazy. doubt. That's crazy. So Jordan, yeah, three future first round picks. That's a pretty big haul for Holiday. I mean, you. Wow. What was yeah. the deal? A lot of draft picks too, right? Three. So maybe you'll get that's what I'm saying. At least two first round picks, if not. And look at this. Three team deal being discussed. Westbrook to Charlotte. Love to Houston. Third pick to Cleveland. Oh. Cleveland just gonna continue to draft guys in down years. Mm. How about Roco getting moved again? Yeah. For a haul. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Ariza and a first round pick and a protected pick. I'll be eating it with my. So, is there any chance uh, Giannis moved anywhere? I doubt it. Not this year. Listening to the middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Park Studios. Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. All right, fake news. Ron Culver's got three stories. One of them is fake. It's his job to fool us. And it's been a little bit since he got at least one, all three of us. No, because you guys keep uh, cheating. We do. We Yeah, right. Our strategy ahead of time is just yeah, every, to everyone, spread out. Everyone just takes one story and says, let's roll with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, see, Ron uh, really overestimates the coordination of the three of us. Absolutely right. I know that you guys have meetings before and after the show. <laughs> yeah. Get together and sit down and say, what yeah. discuss? Yep. the agenda tomorrow? Yeah, there's a predetermined script on this show, Ron. You're right. You can imagine yeah. how much I hammered Ron ahead of time when it was just the two of us with all of these requests and emails and meetings and yep. pre-show work. Yeah. Ron, well, at the end of the day, man, this is chemistry you're working against right now. Pure I chemistry. Know. I know. It's, it's that. You know what it is? It's that final scene of The Stink. <laughs> and only Harry is probably going to get that reference. Yeah, I, it's been a long time no, since I, I mean, saw that on, movie thing with Redford. Come yeah, on. Redford and Paul Newman. Yeah, kind of. You guys just kind of yeah. looking at each other, nodding each other. You know, no, no, no. The nose. It's not like the old. Uh, you know, what's his name from? Why am I blanking? What was the movie in which from the honeymooners he was in? Cramden was in Jackie Gleason. The toy? No, oh, the hustler. The hustler, right? Hustler. Where he's a pool. He's a pool yeah, guy. I yeah. go fats. I go hustler over the sting. But you know what do I know? <laughs> All right, what do you got, Ron? All right, here's what I got. There's uh two men break into a house. They tie up a father and uh, three kids. And then while they're doing that, they're looking around the house, realize that they broke in the wrong house, made a phone call, and then realized that uh, and found out that they were supposed to break into the house next door. So they leave the second. father and the kids. I'm not done. They leave the father and kids tied up there. They go next door, break into that house, rob it, come back to the original house to untie the father and the kids and severely apologize. <laughs> is this Tom Brady and Antonio Brown? What is this? <laughs> they seem to have a knack for coming in the wrong places. Right. I guarantee you, if this is true, it's in Florida, right? Yeah. Um, no, actually, it's in Michigan. Ah, Michigan. Michigan. Upper and Peninsula or the regular part of Michigan? Bemidji. What is it? No, Bemidji, Minnesota. Yeah. He said Ann Arbor. He said Ann Arbor. Oh, okay. I thought he said Bemidji. Okay. Bemidji. Uh, Bemidji. You're just making words up now. Bemidji, come on, Bemidji. Where, where were you yesterday? Bemidji was the star of the show. It's a big part of the show, Ron. I told you, if you guys realize, I don't listen. <laughs> now, all right, story one, the 
Good Samaritan burglars, right? Mm-hmm. All right? That's a good way to put it. All right. What's story two? Story number two. I have a health alert for you guys. Move over fish oil because electric eel oil has now been proven to be more effective in preventing attribu- atrial fibrillation or mm. heart disease. So, so fish oil. Eel oil is going to be what the new kale how kale it took over everything yes. as a superfood which mm-hmm. is disgusting by the way uh, it's not eel, electric Come eel on. oil will now be that electric eel oil not just electric regular eel oil. Eel, oil. eel oil electric eel oil you know i i think i think that that's that would be true simply because electric eels give off the you know electricity and your heart beats you know electricity you use a you use a uh what those things you boom, clear later yeah, defibrillator. Yeah, yes. defibrillator. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. Okay. So you're buying this story. I'm buying mm-hmm. it. All right. Finally, story number three: rotting human heads of a serial killer's victims were brought back to the UK via a plane and simply carried in hand luggage. Okay. Right. And and how is it found? And all come again. A a Scottish professor needed to get these human heads back to her lab so she mm-hmm. could do some analysis as she was trying to track down a serial killer from Italy. Mm-hmm. So she had to bring back rotting human heads. Oh, so she wasn't the killer. No. She wasn't the ki- well, isn't that how most movies start? I guess you're right. Better to pawn it off that you're chasing some imaginary foe. So who, who was the mule in this case? The professor herself. The professor. Oh, okay. Yeah, Scottish professor was bringing them back from Italy. She just had to get them there quickly because they were rotting, and she mm-hmm. wanted to do some analysis on it. So she brought them back on a plane. Wow. Okay. Okay. In designer handbags, no less. Hmm. Is that true? It, to the story, at least, designer handbags. Yeah. Uh, rotting heads on a that plane. That might have pushed it over the top. I don't yeah. know. If I believe it now. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, your Louis Vuitton edition I think, <laughs> pushed it over the top. <laughs> A Toomey. It was it was a Toomey, Aton. Yes. Not Pat Toomey. No, no, no. <laughs> I like that. I like that. The Louis, the Louis Vuitton edition, huh? <laughs> so let's let's look at that. Story three is the prof- Indiana Jones, the female version of Indiana Jones, gets caught bringing skulls back mm-hmm. that are victims of a serial killer. Uh, that story. Oh, I didn't say skulls. Heads, heads, rotting, rotting heads. heads, rotting like, heads, flesh still on it. Okay. Now, again, there's so many yeah. questions about that. Like, did she not spray it down with ammonia or anything ahead mm-hmm. of time? Yeah. Well, how do you pack that? That would have to be on a private yeah, yeah. plane, right? Yeah. Well, she put them in uh, two white buckets and sealed the buckets and then put them in designer handbags. Hmm. I didn't think I, I can't get it. I'm not going to go with that. that. No. Story one, I think you left something out. I think the, they they brought back the Michigan season tickets that they stole originally from the first house and gave them back to the people. Ah, they said They're not even right. this. Because it's in Ann Arbor, right? Yes. Yeah, we're not stealing these. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll hurry up and give <laughs> these back. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say story two is fake. I think the electric eel pushed me over the edge. Now, me, I'm different. I think that's true. I think the last one is fake because you're not putting you're not putting dead heads in Gucci bags. (laughs) It's not happening. 
what female in their right mind would do that? It just wouldn't happen. Hey, Ton. So I don't want to be accused of spreading this thing out. Barrett, just to be sure, you're on story three and Harry's on one. Yeah, he's stringing this along to think uh, about Harry, it more. Harry's on uh, story right. two. Yeah. Well, I wanted to. Okay, I, I'm going to go story three because of the addition. The, the luggage pushed yeah. you over the edge. So Barrett and I are on three. Harry's on two. Uh, I wish I could say that I got you all this week, but. Harry has the big brain today. Hmm. Okay. Story oh. number two is fake. There is no such thing as electric eel oil. That's what I thought. <laughs> there might be eel oil. Right. I don't know about electric eel oil. Well, you can eat eel. Way too yeah, you can eat eel. It's like sushi. Yeah. Eel is pretty good. Is it uni? Is that the, the sushi name for eel? Uni? I think uni is a separate fish, isn't it? Oh, it is? To answer your question. I don't know. Right. Yeah, so this is what she said. So what they decided to do was with, with regards to the and these are human heads, by the way, maggot infested heads. Yeah, um, sweet. She put each of the heads into white buckets that you could seal. And so that we didn't disturb anyone at airports. I would carry them in two very expensive designer carrier bags so that it didn't look obvious. Wow. When she flew, when she flew from Italy to England, she was put in business class by herself. When she was flown from England to scotland because that's where she's from she was put all the way in the back of the plane everyone else was put in business class so that's crazy right wow so it wasn't even private no they should have charged her double wow you charge for each head right yeah exactly right luggage fee yeah those two those two uh, former people should have to pay for tickets i would think so right (laughs) ridiculous depending on how much your head is rotting Well, all right, so that's my second win. Is it? Are you tally here? Yeah, that's my second win. Make sure you you put the scoreboard up. Because I I don't know what it is. Should we put it up here? All I know is I'm going to I'm I'm going to find me some um electric eel oil to help my heart out. It doesn't exist. I'm gonna find a way. (laughs) <laughs> Barrett bought the electric the electricity. He's trying to like describe it as a defibrillator. All right. Clear, clear. Buy an eel and then stick a defibrillator on it. Right. How do you how do you milk an eel? Electric oh. eel at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna milk the electric eel. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I've never seen or heard that before. In my all oh, right, 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 right. It's uh, unagi is eel apparently. Unagi. Freshwater eel. Is uni just a different type of fish? I think uni is something different. I feel like that's a name, isn't it? I mean, I'll find it. Now, when are we doing McMullen? Oh, that's sea urchin. One o'clock. Uni is sea urchin. Now, that's pretty good. Yeah, uni is, that's, that's from an old, old Simpsons. Where they go to a Japanese restaurant, and the main chef has uh, his girl Edna Krabappel, the teacher, is comes up to the restaurant, pulls the main chef out. They're making out in the car, and that's when Homer orders the uni, and it's a very deadly blowfish. Where if you don't serve it properly, it's basically serving poison. Poison. Yeah, they kill people from that. Yeah. 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 So there's this uh, novice chef who has to take over and make it, and they're all scared 
that they gave Homer the poison and Homer thinks he has a day left to live. It's actually a really funny episode. But that but he's he's asking for the uni. Where's my uni? <laughs> I, I I saw I saw um a documentary on that on, on people doing that and there were people that were dying and it's like it says it's um a delicacy that people pay you know thousands of dollars to eat it yeah but true. there's a chance that they might die if they make one mm. wrong cut right. they're right. dead yeah I, I that's too much i'm out on that yeah me too yeah it's way too much of a risk <laughs> so I guess you know, when I accused, I must have accused the chat folks of Googling the stories. Did I do that oh, in one of the previous weeks? Wait, who, who's that? Well, Tone on the chat says, see, Harry, we're not Googling the fake oh. news stories on the chat. No one here picked number two. I don't know. Tone is very perceptive, so mm -hmm. I trust that he's paying attention. This is The Middle on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Thursday night football. I mean, it's kind of a slow day. If you don't count James Harden about to be traded, we think, to the Brooklyn Nets. If you don't count the latest disruption that's in the NFL. Nobody is being picked apart in the NFL, like Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson. Mm -hmm. No coach quarterback, I'd argue right now, is being picked apart more than Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson. There's now a report out from Mike Silver of the NFL Network, right? Or is he Yahoo? I don't know. You can't keep up with him. He moves around. Yeah, he moves around. He's been to both places, I think. So he's got this national report out that Carson Wentz doesn't pay attention, doesn't give a damn about stuff in practice. And sloppy. That sloppy tactic. Yeah. And then Doug Peterson apparently has got voices in his head, and he's got too many voices in his head. <laughs> I mean, look, is anybody picking apart Deshaun Watson and whatever they have as far as the offensive coordinator down in Houston? Is anybody going after? No, Alex Smith is like this amazing story, despite he single-handedly losing a football game his first back. Well, what about I mean, Nagy and Foles? Yeah, I, I, okay, I, I think you're right. I think you're right, but but there's also, like, how much are you expecting from Nick Foles and Matt? And maybe that's, you know what, that's a good one. That well, is they were 5-1 and one at one point. I remember okay. being asked by our mutual friend, Sean Brace, on a show, should I buy into the Bears when they were 5-1? and one? And I was like, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes on the Bears. And now they're five and what are they now? Five and five? Yeah. Right. Four straight. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Chicago is a good one. Now, they've already benched a quarterback. Foles technically is the backup. So you could say that they've been there, done that with Trubisky. And mm -hmm. they, they are, I would think, the other team. But even still, like the Jets don't get any scrutiny like that. Even well, the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, what, my, McCarthy, though, with the Cowboys. Yeah. I'm just saying as far as. I don't see any national reports on Drew Locke doesn't give a crap during practice and Vic Fangio enables it. Like, I don't see reports about that. Right, right. No, you're right. Always, about that. It's always like that. We always get the, where's the report about Sam Darnold shrugging off Adam Gaze telling him to do stuff. We don't see right. anything like that. No, no, you're right. I mean, we always get the 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 butt end of, of a lot of jokes simply because we are Philly, man. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, 
we did what we did back in the day, and they still try to bring it back on us. Like, you but, know, we we clapped when Michael Irvin got – well, no, we didn't. We clapped when he got up, and we, you know, hey, we're glad you got up. You know, we get the yeah. bad bad in it all the time. Man. Can't there there just be a year where when you underachieve or you play lousy football where it's not some inner locker room conflict? You know what I mean, right. Aton? It's just the roster wasn't good enough. I, I don't think so because even when we try to ignore it here, it's being brought up outside. Like this wasn't even a local reporter no. who brought this up. This is now from the outside. Yeah. And you're right. You would think, oh, look, you're entitled to have a bad year. Patriots, Steelers, Ravens, teams at the Chiefs, you're entitled to have a bad year. But it just feels like with this specific season and this specific quarterback playing brutal and the coach and everything just falling apart, it seems like it's now the target and the focus. And I'm not even saying that like as a negative. Yeah. It's just an observation more so than anything. Are they, are they saying this in San Francisco about, yeah. you know, Shanahan and Garoppolo? I mean, that's a team that's had a lot of bad injuries too, similar to the Eagles, right? Right. Look, I'll do you one better, Harry, and the answer is no. They were barely, they were tiptoeing around Zimmer and cousins for a little bit. Now that conversation is long gone. Right. That conversation it, is over. They've won right. what, three, four in a row, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and three. Oh, Zimmer's getting fired. Kirk Cousins, don't, don't worry. They'll find a way to move out of that 85 million, 100 trillion guaranteed right. contract. <laughs> now they're running down a wild card. It's funny how things work. We get, I mean, we, we, we get Hall of Famers talking about a quarterback that hasn't been in our locker room for, for three years. You know, two yeah. years. Brett Favre, right. yeah. Yeah, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, first it was Brett Favre. Now it's it's Silver, Mike Silver. Come well, on. Some, somebody inside the organization is telling him this because the practices are barely even open, especially this year, for the whole movement. The media. Of, yeah, they only get to watch like 10 or 15 right. minutes of it, right? So so now we look at this and think, well, who's who's going to benefit? This This smells like somebody inside the organization who realizes that there's about to be a regime change. Mm. This, this smells like somebody who is hovering around either scapegoat material or won't be around next year. If there is truly a regime and regime can be head coach, can be defensive coordinator, can be anybody with influence. Right. Mm -hmm. But it kind of smells like that where let's say you're filling the blank position coach or whatever it may be. You're in your interview for the next job. Now, all of a sudden, the position that you were coaching, the unit, the side of the football that you were on looks much worse as a collective group because, well, what do you want from me? You know, I'm trying to tell these linemen to do this. I'm trying to tell these cornerbacks to do this, but right. damn quarterback doesn't listen to the head coach. Right. And Doug says he was, he's calling a good game. He's got good rhythm with his play calls. Well, remember uh, Joe wrote that old article. I, remember, well, I forget Joe's last name. Joe's my boy. Liquido, yeah. San Liquido. He uh, he wrote the article about you know the rumblings are going in with Alshon or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know there there have been some 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 issues as far as you know people questioning uh, their ability to really communicate with Carson. Right. I mean, everybody that Carson's worked with the past couple of years has been ousted. I mean, look at many people have been ousted from whether it be an offensive coordinator or a quarterback coach. Right. I mean, they're out of there. 
Well, if you if it, if it comes down to it that it is the quarterback that's the problem, okay? They they you know, then doesn't the general manager have to get whacked too yeah. because that was his that was his white whale. He moved up the board, you know, two times to get the number 2 to select this guy who who was, you know, he was the next it guy. Mm. Right, right, right. right? I mean, he traded he traded he made some great trades to get him out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, the Miami trade eight, with Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah. The Maxwell trade with, you know, Kiko Alonso. Then then the Murray trade, mm-hmm. you know, to DeMarco, the Titans. Yeah. Um, th- those were strategical mastery, the, the, his ability to do that. And then to get to the second pick and pick him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. No, I, I mean, let's – sorry, go ahead, Eric. No, I, I was like – Wondering if you guys saw this Philly voice piece today with uh, Jimmy Kemsky, where he's talking about, you know, he does his hierarchy every week. All right. It's really good. He's got the Eagles at, at number nine. Now these are, these are nine on the, the list of bad teams. And he's like basically saying, okay, so if the Eagles win one more game, the rest of the season, uh, you're thinking, oh, four, 11 and one, you're going to get a good draft pick. He 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 outlines all the teams in the league that are worse than the Eagles. They wouldn't even get that great of a draft. They'd be like at number eight, maybe. It is truly amazing that they can't even lose right. Yeah. In a year (laughs) in which they could take advantage of being off, they can't even lose right. I mean, there's so many bad teams. Well, so it's looking like at this point, you know, when you really sit down, I mean – where Carson goes, this team goes, and he has not played well. He has not put his team in position, um, for the most part, of playing well throughout a game of putting the entire game together. Mm-hmm. You know, even with the defense playing the way they're playing, you, as, a, as a franchise quarterback, you can usually play past those type of deals. Right. And when he's off, he's the only player that can't be off, and he's been off too much this year. Well, let's get back to what you we started the show with with the film and like you know seeing Kelsey and you know and the guards getting you know basically bull rushed into Carson and he's standing on his spot he can't move you know he can't get that that throw off properly yeah, he can't know, drive he through can't drive through it the bad snaps because that happens it. all around the league where guys yes. try to you know blow up the a gap or you know push this implode the pocket from the inside and great quarterbacks find ways to slide you know a little bit tom brady has made a living off of it okay where he's not a mobile guy to, to say the least but he finds ways to sort of shift to the left shift to the right half a spot to get his throw off well, isn't some of that on carson a lot of it's on cars. Yeah. I mean, you you got to be able to have a sense of where you are on the field, in the pocket, where your 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 wide receivers are, and that's why that's why you know last week I talked a lot about understanding and breaking down your playbook, knowing when to get in that book because if you don't, well, they use an iPad now. If you know where your guys are, you can throw to a spot and mm-hmm. know that they will be there. Right. You know that's what the great quarterbacks do. They understand on, a landmark. on certain plays yeah. that their guy is going to be there. Right. And they'll throw to that spot. And nine times out of ten, they are there. And I don't think Carson throw guys open necessarily a lot. I think he waits till they're open to throw mm-hmm. the ball. And that gives the defense too much time to get back and, and, and make a play. We used to say the same about Donovan. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm just I'm amazed that we're we're in a season right now where teams are playing poorly. And as you mentioned, with a hierarchy of teams that are going to finish worse than the Philadelphia Eagles, yet 
we don't have anything remotely close to reports both inside and outside of a football team being this dysfunctional. And think about the Eagles are in an already dysfunctional division in the NFC East. The Giants are being praised, right? Joe Judge is being lauded through the streets <laughs> of the NFL because As he should. what he's been able to do. Ron Rivera is getting praised because that team at least has some fight in them and they're losing at the end instead of losing in the first half. Even Dallas, if you look at what the moral victory was against hanging around that Steelers team, and yet in a division that's absolute trash and absolute dysfunction, you have an Eagles team that, even though they're at the top of the division record-wise, appear to be the most dysfunctional, not only in the NFC East, but in the NFL. doesn't mean they're the worst team, but it seems like they're the most dysfunctional. And I don't know if that's a product of Mike Silver and Florio and these other people prodding around from the outside, but people from the inside clearly feel the same way as well. It's just wild to me that you don't have anything like this happening around the NFL outside of that one example that you gave Harry yeah. in uh, Chicago. Chicago, right. Yeah. Expectations. Chicago is a train wreck every year. Do you realize right. how hard it is to play quarterback in Chicago? They never have a quarterback. No it's expectations, difficult. though. We're talking about an Eagles team that has higher expectations than than than. I mean, we're the only person right now with a franchise quarterback playing for them, and we're still losing. We're still in first place, even though we're still losing. That's how bad it is. But people have higher expectations. I have higher expectations of Carson Wentz simply because I've seen him do it before. So since I've seen him do it before, he should be doing it still. Now I understand there's a lot of things that are going on, a lot of moving pieces. Like I said, you can't post just the blame on Carson. Just like that one play we looked at, Harry, yeah. um, on that play, it was a great call by Doug. Great call. It was a great route by, um, by, by um, Alshon. But mm -hmm. things fell apart within the play. Teams are starting to scheme Kelsey. They want to get him one-on-one -on -one against big uh, defensive lineman, you know, strong guys. They press him back. Laws of physics just aren't in his in, in, in his favor. You know, he's smaller guys. They press him back. He's, you know, he's, even though he's strong, they're still going to press him back because he's too light. Right. They press him back. Opeta's getting thrown down. He's on the ground, and everybody's getting pushed up in the car's face. So now he can't follow through with the with the pass. The ball floats on him. So now everybody's cussing out Alshon for not, you know, making a play when he couldn't make the play. Or why is he out there? Well. He's a product of, of Carson not being able to throw the ball. But Carson can't throw the ball because Kelsey's sitting in his lap right. or Peyton's on his butt. And we gotta break now real quick. we, we got a break, right? We got a break. We, we only have like a minute or so when we get back. I was just so, going, man. Uh, look, you got to <laughs> keep an eye on the clock. All right. Man. We'll wrap All the right. hour coming up. It's the middle, phillyvoice.com slash the middle and sports map radio. All right. There you go. But yeah, man, it, it, this it, they don't have they always have the purpose storm of BS mm -hmm. to 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 take away take it away. I mean, I see what I see what Doug's talking about. I'm calling great plays; they're just not being executed. But then also see some of the plays, you know, that in which they call were bringing in the rookie, the second round pick, just to legitimize him being a second round pick against. Oh, the, you're talking about Hurts. Yeah, it hurts. You're, you're not talking about putting. You're not talking about putting Rager on their best uh, on their best cornerback and throwing him a back shoulder throw on well, third that down. Too. That, that was too. stupid. Very stupid. You know, and I really think that Carson needs to sit back and study 
his offense more. Great quarterbacks know where guys are going to be. You you guys are missing the whole thing. This is why I keep bringing up this report. This is why I keep talking about it. It, it, That's not happening. We've been talking about what needs to happen for the last two years. And the report comes out where it's falling on deaf ears. He's not listening. Whatever Mm -hmm. they're saying, whatever they're doing, again, report, 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 believe it or not, but the play on the field reflects a lot more of this. He's not listening. I mean, Mm. seriously, there's not accountability happening at all. And then on top of that, anybody who is trying to relay what you're saying, Barrett, it's not, it's not landing. That's so we're just going to sit here and spin our wheels over and over again about what they need to do and how they can get better, how they, but the reality is, is that there's a major disconnect. Yeah. Major disconnect. I don't understand how you have a player that you can't, I mean, I've played with great players before who had, who had, all the power in the world on that team, all the juice on that team. Jerome right. Bettis, he had more juice than anybody I've ever played with. Jer- Jerome could literally do what he wanted to do. Hines but Ward, Jerome, yeah, Hines Ward also. Yeah, but they wanted to they wanted to be great, so they understood they couldn't be great by themselves. And I think that's where the disconnect is. They understood they needed a team as a team effort, but not just the players, I but love also Hines the Ward, coaches. Man. Bro, he's smiling. He's smiling while he's knocking your teeth out. I mean, yeah, great guy, guy to be around. You know what I mean? That guy could play on my team any day. No question. You, you know, I'll tell you. But, you know, that that's where it is, though. The, Look, if this report. How can you not listen? How can you not listen to your coach? You're going to have to fire the head coach. If this report's true and they don't win the, the division, then I don't know how you keep them around. Because they, they're not able to bring in anybody below him. Mm-hmm. Staley or anybody else down there, nobody, nobody's getting to him. So you think it's you'd, it, you'd be leaning that way as opposed to moving on from the quarterback now that you've I got Jalen Hurts on the roster? Yeah, you, I mean, what have we seen from this guy? He has he, he has yet to take over and run a series, and it's unfair right now. All of the issues that Barrett broke down with that line. Now we're going to ask this kid who hasn't even played a full series to take over. You are listening to The Middle on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. All right, we're back on a Wednesday. And then we'll have an NBA draft to look at. We should probably talk about that, right? Maybe get somebody on. Yeah. Kyle Newbeck. You want to get Newbeck on from about. Voice? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, trades and stuff we could talk about and draft. He would be fantastic. Yeah. Make sure he might be under contract to not be allowed on with us. We have to check. <laughs> he does a lot with IP, so I don't know. Oh, he does? Yeah, I don't know if he's allowed technically. We'd have to ask Mullen. Okay. He, you know, he's Newbeck's big time. It's not like Kemsky where you can just pick up the phone and text them. That's a slap. No, Jimmy is <laughs> the fact that Jimmy is still accessible as big as he's got is a credit to him. Trust me. Right. And we love both of them for it. Well, Jimmy so, stays in trouble, doesn't he? He stays in trouble with uh with that coaching staff, doesn't he? Not he, like he uh, asks the tough questions. I think McLean is is probably more an ire of yeah, their frustration. I think it's definitely McLean is at the top of that list. <laughs> so Rodney Hood declining his player option. More stuff happening, but the big thing has yet to happen. So here's the question: By the time we get on tomorrow, we've got a minute left. 
by the time we get on tomorrow at 11 o'clock Eastern on a Wednesday, where will James Harden be as far as connected to a team? Houston, Brooklyn, Philadelphia. Houston. I think he'll still be with Houston by the time we start the show. Thursday, where will he be? Then I think he's going to be in Brooklyn. I still think Houston. They're not trading him. You said Philly, didn't you? I threw Philadelphia as an option. I mean, they're a third team. They're the leverage team. The Barrett, leverage play. Barrett, you didn't say Philly? No, I said Houston. He said Houston. He don't oh, think he's getting traded at so all. So you don't think he's getting moved at all? No, they're not moving. Oh, okay. He's going to guard too much. He's going to want too much. Well, uh, the Houston, the Rockets don't want too much. Hmm. Buddy Heald will be moved. I can tell you that. He's going to go to Denver. Not Buddy Gild. No, not Buddy. <laughs> Buddy Gild. Remember when we had that guy <laughs> on? Back tomorrow. Who was that? That was this um, uh, news reporter from Louisiana. I forget his last. It began with a G. And we brought him on to talk about the draft. And Buddy healed, and he called oh, him. Yeah, he yeah. called him Buddy Guild. He almost That's sounded right. like my Jera impression. That guy. Yes, uh, that wasn't like hokey. What's his name? Hokey. Da- hokey Gajan. Yeah, no, hokey no, no, no. Wasn't him. No, wasn't him. John, right, you we- know Hokey Gajan, right? I don't know what you guys are talking about. Come on, Buddy man, Heald, Hokey but- Gajan. I think he's Don. the color commentator for the New Orleans Saints, right? Or what? Yeah, he was. The New Orleans Saints. Oh, okay. No, and he, man, he just came out like a thousand miles per hour. And it was like the combination of Boomhauer and the dude from the Waterboy. Yeah. And you just, you just <laughs> were lucky to get maybe one or two words in that sentence. But he would speak with so much conviction. He'd have so much power and conviction behind his voice. I like the right, Boomhauer well, reference. Where should we start here? Because you were. Oh, we got. We got to start with this first. We got to start with this first. The McMullen Mafia is here. Play Action Real loves you, bro. They all love you. McMullen Mafia is your show now. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Anywhere John, you no, to take I'm, it. I'm, I'm, John I'm doesn't care. Star to the big stars. <laughs> I'm just thrilled well, to be around this just circus of stars. I guess. Well, what do you make it. of this Mike Silver piece? Well, I got to tell you, I haven't seen Mike Silver at an Eagles practice in two, three years. So, obviously, getting it. Yeah, so he's getting it from somebody in the organization. Um, what does he mean by blown up? I, I I don't even know what that kind of means. I mean, anybody who knows Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman, okay, Howie isn't going anywhere. We know that. Um, Doug Peterson isn't going anywhere. He's less than three years at, at, off a Super Bowl win unless – he starts pushing for personnel power over Howie Roseman. That could throw a little bit uh, of a curveball into things. So that leaves Carson Wentz. And he can't really move on from Carson Wentz until after the 2021 season because of the cap implications. So hmm. what does blown up mean? Give me a definition of blown up. 
there lies the problem. You know, I, I, blown up could be sorry, Barrett. I, let me just ahead. answer real quick. Blown up could be the person who leaked it and their lives being shifted. And maybe this is somebody trying to get out of it, realizing that they could be scapegoated for it. I mean, I can see coaching staff changes just like there were last year. Certainly there's going to be personnel changes. I mean, they know they have to get younger. They're going to move on from all Sean. They're going to move on from Deshaun, Jason Peters. So, but that's sort of life in the NFL. There's personnel turnover every single season. Uh, so to me, blown up says GM coach quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think there's no shot of that happening, as I said, till after the 2021 season. So I don't think the more. Go ahead. Blown up be just, uh, you know, Schwartz finally moves on. Right. Well, boy, Jim, sort of similar to what I said about Doug. Jim's not going anywhere unless, you know, his his personality will rub people the wrong way at times. So if if he gets into a a feud with, with the head coach or the general manager, potentially, but they like him as a defensive coach. So I don't think he's going to lose his job uh, from that part of it. I think it would be a personality clash if it were to happen. How realistic is it that we're looking at a quarterback? And again, this goes back to the silver thing that's beyond just blowing up and and changes, but the day-to-day. I know you guys don't get to see a lot of practice, but there were some pretty strong indictments in that from somebody inside the organization saying Carson Wentz essentially doesn't give a crap about practice. I don't know if he doesn't give a crap. I mean, well, that's that's what's being painted. I'm not saying that's the case. Yeah, the mechanics have been an issue since he was a rookie. I mean, mm-hmm. when when Frank Reich and John D. Filippo were here, they would. You know, they would say that guy's got to improve his mechanics. So, you know, that part of it is understandable. If you want to call that sloppy, I think the league as a whole, if you think about, you know, I once asked John, who, who's the perfect quarterback for mechanics? And he said, Carson Palmer at, at the time. Hmm. And, and just think about his brother is a quarterback coach and, he just does everything perfect. I mean, it's just every single time, the repetition. But that's kind of old-school quarterback play. If you think about, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I've often compared to Steph Curry in the NBA. You know, back in the day, if you pulled up and took a 30-footer in the NBA, your coach might strangle you. Uh, right. Steph Curry turned that into a, a good shot because right. he was so good. Similar to Patrick Mahomes, if you look at him mechanically, he's not good at times. Right. He does some things you're not supposed to do. But Aaron Rodgers, so too. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Throwing across your body. Wilson, yeah. uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of the younger quarterbacks have changed this game. Lamar Jackson as well. Uh, and I put Carson in that category, not from the success standpoint, but from – you know, if you're thinking old school and you want those that perfect footwork, it's not going to be there. So you got to kind of work around it, I think. And the Eagles had been doing that well and are no longer doing it well. I think that's the biggest problem. 
Let's be honest, John. This team's going to lose to Cleveland. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Oh, I, I've already bet that they no, are. No. Well, look at this. I'm, 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 I'm going to ask this, though. I mean, come I'm on, you, Barrett. I jumped in on Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this, John, and, and you know, understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, the, the new wave quarterbacks have more baseball in their genetics, you know, the, you know, the way to throw the ball, you know, they might, you know, sidearm it, you know, throwing out of awkward positions. We all mm-hmm. know you have to, cause you know, defense has gotten better, but the difference between Carson, I think, and those quarterbacks you just named were their ability to diagnose what's going on on the field. Number one, but number the, the biggest thing is they know the offense like the back of their hand. They know where their guys are going to be at. And I think that's the not, that's the step that Carson hasn't taken as a franchise quarterback. He doesn't know the offense as well as he should, where his guys are going to be, throwing them open. If they're supposed to be at a spot, trusting them to be at that spot and getting a ball to them. Why isn't he taking that step to you? Well, number one, I agree with you. And the example I gave was the fourth and 10 play. I mean, to me, you got to know where, and I asked Doug this at Espresso uh, on Monday. You got to know where 24 is. You got to know where Bradbury is. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's fourth and 10, game on the line. Jalen Rager is being covered by Bradbury. Let's face it, Jalen, a lot of good things about him explosive, very talented. Route running is not his forte. Not at yet. Point of his no. career. Yeah. Bradbury had him locked down. You got to look the other direction. If you see 24 on Jalen Rager, you're not throwing a back shoulder fade. Mm-hmm. That is the quarterback's fault. Doug essentially admitted that and said Carson would like to have that back. So that's my biggest concern is the decision making, which has regressed. And I think we're all looking for the reason why has it regressed to the degree it has. Maybe it's as simple as just being the competent shaken from them taking Jalen Hurts. I think that's a possibility. Hmm. Like, why do you take a quarterback at 53 overall you know, if I'm 27 years old? Nobody you want to be that. the smartest guy in the room, John. Yeah. You know that. It's the same yeah. way you take Rager over Jefferson. Look, yeah, I, I got to be honest. Being a general manager <laughs> is, is, not an, is not a difficult job. All four of us, if given a month to prepare for the job, could I would have took Jefferson. I said that draft night. Me too. I I mean, they're looking for a specific type of player who could stretch the field horizontally. Why not just take the good player? Just Mm -hmm. take the good receiver. Just don't overthink it. Right. And Jefferson has kind of proven himself already. No doubt. We. You guys have anything left? Throw it at John. I I guess in thirty seconds. Here, let me ask you this: Aton's bailed on the season already. Well, no, I'm I'm fading the Eagles. I had this whole thing working with the baseball. Season. He's not the only one. We That's not football terminology. That's betting terminology, man. Yeah. Fading it. Now, look. My question to you is: Could this get bad enough to where the somebody would be fired? Get the bail. No more fans. Yeah, That's right. Good. Trust me, the governor's doing them a favor. In this case, at least, in this specific incident, at least. Could it get bad enough in the final 60 we have here? Could it get bad enough where they lose enough in season where somebody could get fired in season? doesn't even need to be, I'm not talking about Doug Schwartz or Howie, but could a position coach, could somebody be fired in season? Absolutely not. No. I hear the play calling. The play calling question is, 
And nobody thinks of the back end of that. You saw it last night with Chicago. Okay, Matt Nagy gives up play calling. Bill Lazor, oh, 27 and 2. He was with Nick Foles. How'd that look last night? It, it, it's about personnel. And, and by the way, who's going to call the plays if you take mm-hmm. that away from Doug? Press Taylor? You want calling the plays? Deuce. Gandarello? This yeah. is why Doug did this on purpose, is because there is nobody to go to now. <laughs> he knew that it's a built-in excuse. Who are you going to go? It's like Jack Nicholson. Out right. of, uh, Who's going to do it? Right. Yeah. You, Press Taylor? <laughs> well, that's why I, put, I, I put the old Dennis Hopper clip from Speed, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Who's going to do it? Who's going to mm-hmm. do it? <laughs> that's a and, great and, bit. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, when I said, you know, game planning, because everybody's killing Doug real quick, I know you guys got to go, but it, it, it's okay, put together your shiny game plan. Now, I got a crystal ball, and I'm going to tell you the interior rusher, in this case, Leonard Williams, is going to have seven pressures and blow up your entire offensive line consistently. Then what do you do? What do you do? It's always and, – and, and Barrett will tell you this. It's always about personnel first. I keep telling these guys. I mean, the teams are really starting to, to, to game plan, putting Kelsey on an island where he has a block, a bigger physical guy by himself. They're, they're game planning that. And he had that autonomy when he had – Sam Allen and Brooks together with him that that helped him out. He didn't have that right now. I think it's pretty ironic that our TV show that we've all been watching is titled yeah. something that you could now describe as the Philadelphia Eagles as a football team, the undoing. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a weekly game plan. That's, yeah. That's what it is. All right, John, we appreciate you. Thanks, John. All right, thanks, guys. You got it. We'll be back on a Wednesday. Thanks to Fritz and being Cooley and everybody out there for watching. It's the middle of the draft. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is, number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, Um, The client only has one, and they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, The the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us, and we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life.